This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, how's your weekend going? It is wonderful so far. I have a very busy sports weekend, a very busy social weekend, It's uh, and, and uh, a very busy pro wrestling weekend. So it's uh, jam-packed. I, I, I have so much to do this. I even have to get a new suit, Joel. I have to get a uh, new suit because my old one um, doesn't fit me anymore. How about that? Um, so I have to... Uh, Go and uh, do that today, which is always fun and exciting to get measured and ugh, hate that. But um, then I have uh, I, it's just a busy, busy sports weekend this weekend and and social. So uh, uh, always something on my plate. How about you? Dan? How about you, Joel? Well, I want you to tell me about this Kiss tribute <laughs> concert you went to. It's <laughs> what the people want to hear. Yeah. Well, you know how much I love the tribute shows, right? So, uh, I mean, because why wouldn't you? Why? Here's the thing. I'm not going to pay $100 to see 75-year-old, uh, two original members of KISS, right? Now, growing up, you, 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 you fucking, at least me anyway, um, you grow up, you, you had in this, like, late, like, when I was a real little kid, it was the late 70s, right? So, let's, I was born in 72, so... You know, in the seventies, Kiss was massive, right? And they were, and they were cartoon characters, and they were, and they were pro wrestlers, and they were everything that was crazy about craziness. And I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, kind of like pro wrestling. So there are little, there they are little. Um, I'm, I'm a low key Kiss guy, right? I don't really admit it a lot, but I, I do like Kiss. So um, they have a tribute act that's around here called Alive Seventy Five, and they tour all over the East Coast. And I'm telling you, man, they do it so legit. Like the, the whole costumes, the makeup, the stage show, the fucking everything. So I tried to get my friends to go. Nobody would go with me. No one. I went that I sent you I sent Joel a video of them closing, of course, to rock and roll all night. And uh the confetti flying, and it was just fucking great. It was magic. I was standing there alone like a fucking jizz bag, because nobody would go with me. Um Everybody thought it was it was ridiculous. So uh, I went, and then uh, it was great. And, uh, yeah, that's that. And I had a couple drinks, and I lost money betting on – because I was at a casino, and I lost money um, betting on hockey games. But I had a fun night. It was fine. But it was alone. I was like, what the fuck? Nobody would come. Oh, well. Oh, what was me? I need – no, I need – Joel, I need a side girl. You know, someone I can bring you know, to stuff where my wife doesn't want to go to. You know what I mean? Like I need that because because she, she was like, I'm not going to go fucking see Kiss. I'm good. She was. I'd rather go get a fucking mammogram to go get to go watch Kiss, and she did. She had to go get her mammogram, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which, which is which is not a joke. But um, you know, it, that's exactly the situation that happened. She chose to not cancel her mammogram appointment to not go to this Kiss show. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's what I need. So I need somebody. I need a side. To, to be like you know, you know to go to go to kiss shows and wrestling shows and um 
um, I don't know, dumb shit that that only I like. That's that, that's what we need to establish here. That's, that's what I need my fame on the Super J cast to establish. Yeah, if anyone wants to be Damon's side chick, just slide into the DMs. Yeah, you have to like good music, and um, uh, I don't know. I, you may ask you this: Do you like it? Do you, do you like a girl with tattoos? Uh, yeah my my wife's got one. Yeah. She's got two actually. Yeah, uh, she got them after we were together, so it wasn't like a deal break or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she has one on her back, which is a jasmine flower because her name is Maliwan, which is the Thai word for jasmine. Okay, and she got one on her wrist, which is the Thai number nine, which was a, a tribute to the. King of Thailand, King Bumibon, who died, I think it was last October, it might have been the October before that, who was the ninth King of Thailand, and you speak to a lot of Thai people, and that king in particular was a very big part of their lives, so she's got two tattoos there. Um, what about you? Yeah. Are you into the tattoos? I like a, I like a, I like a little bit of, uh, I like to call it grime. I like a little grime on a girl. Um, I, like, uh, I like a rock and roll girl. You know, I like a girl who could pull off a leather jacket. I like a girl who could pull off a pair of Doc Martens. I like a girl who can got a little style, a little substance, a little 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 sand, little grit. I like that. I like that. So tattoos only adds a, a nose ring helps. I like a, I like a nose ring. Uh, has uh, Mrs. Damon got any tattoos? Yes, yeah, she does. Uh, she has, um, you know, with the with the what they call the the tramp stamp. She got one of those, but it's not like it's not like. Um, like tribal shit. She, she got something that really means a lot to her. She, it's three jackals. Is it Jushin Liger's face? It's Jushin Liger's oh. face. Me, Jushin Liger's face, and yeah. Uh, and Noel Gallagher. Um, really weird. Um, no, the three jack o' lanterns, and they're really cool. Um, so the three jack o' lanterns together, and there's these little bats that are around that. So she really likes fall and Halloween and stuff like that. So I thought that's cute, but her getting it was the funniest thing. She does; she has like a very low pain tolerance, um, and she was getting it. And she, uh, I literally, I'm using literally a lot again. I'm sorry, but it, but this again is is literally uh, the outline of half a pumpkin was completed, and she's like, "Oh, I can't do anymore! I can't do anymore!" And the tattoo guy's looking at me, and I'm looking at him like, "I'm like." Dear, you you ain't even just you ain't even started yet. <laughs> like you have like, nearly done, honey. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're almost there. We're around the home stretch. Uh, yeah, we just started. So uh, she only has she, she has the one. But okay, so yeah, there's that. And uh, all right, so is yeah, there a story behind that? She just loves you know she loves the she's one of those um, people that love the autumn months and halloween she loves and like spooky things and she just loves it so they're kind of these little whimsical jack-o'-lanterns three of them um and i don't know it's it's her like honestly i wouldn't expect her to get much like that or like a you know like something animal related it would be right up her alley so it's that not shocking to me at all but i like it it's cool you know it's just it's it's different it's not like the typical girl tattoo that you know that they would get you know they all the girls went to cancun and they came back with the same stupid tattoo um it's you know it's a little bit original not even a little i think it's a, very much original i like it all right uh so enough about that so yeah slide into uh, joel's dms and joel, joel you can rate them like like you can kind of weed out the ones that you know i won't be interested in you could be like my tinder app Right, and you can weed at the ones swiping left or swiping yeah, right. Yeah, you know what's good for me. You'll you'll know what's good for me on that one. So, uh, um, yeah, okay, good. 
I can't believe we're, we're going to get a lot of dick pics, <laughs> yeah, aren't we? I think we are going to get a lot of. Di- you're going to get a lot of dick pics, um, and I'm going to play. If I get dick pics, you're going to see them too, mate. <laughs> I'm going to share them. Don't worry. And editor Dan probably. Yeah, everybody's. We're all getting them. Uh, this is going to be the best week week ever. Um, and then I got to. I, I can't wait to play this in the car. You know, and, and, my, and my wife looking at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you piece of shit." Uh, so yeah, oh, it should be a great week. All right, speaking of great weeks, Joel. We have lots of um, pro wrestling stuff to talk about, right? Because uh, World Tag League's right around the corner. We got uh, Wrestle Kingdom that's coming up soon. Uh, tons of fun and excitement in in the month of uh, November, December. Am I right? What? Yeah, I've, I've just got more non-wrestling related fluff oh. I want to throw at you before we get started. I like, like this. I like fluff better than, than the wrestling talk this week. Be going on. Um, and this is this is on brand, right? I've just sent you a photo in our WhatsApp group. Oh, some some a very exciting discovery in a local shop today, which uh, if you have a look, you can see it's oh, a large wait. can of what is called Rio Strong, oh. and it looks very similar to Strong Zero. I yes. think it's like a sort of Chinese ripoff of a Strong Zero. Uh, it's got the lemon flavor, eight percent. So it's not the nine percent. It's not the you know the the one that's going to make you go blind if you drink too many of them, but. Right. Uh, I was thinking maybe next week I'll, I'll drink a couple of those before we start recording and see what uh, happens. I think it's a good idea. Let's give it a shot. I mean, um, they're trying at least. It does look like a strong zero, but it, yeah, it's it's 8%. Listen, that 1% ain't going to make much difference. I'm going to be truthful. Um, so yeah, give it a shot. I mean, honestly, if I'm if I'm in your neighborhood and I uh, go into the shop and I see that, that, I would probably pick that up, right? That would probably be the one I would be like okay this is it, this is the closest i'm going to get so yeah i want try that give that a shot give us a give us a taste test hey did you ever try those other uh, crisps that you said you weren't going to try but but we asked you to no 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 do i have to well i mean look the people the people want what the people want you know we have a- okay how about next week before the show i will buy some and i will eat them live on, on air yeah. as we record the show and i'll give you my immediate feedback I like this. This is, I mean, listen, I'm just saying it's what the people want, right? That's a, that's a big Kevin Kelly line. It's what the people want. I want it. Uh, you know, it's, 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 as you like to say, it's Who on Who gives break. a fuck what the people want? <laughs> We're doing this show solely to amuse us. So. That's good. Well, I want it. Let's put it that way. I, I want it. Um, so I'm, I'm the barometer of what the fans want. So, yes. Okay, good. Okay, uh, first question then. Um, WH Park says... Please ask Damon his opinion on the Ottawa Senators Uber scandal. Mm. I don't know what this means. So uh, for any listeners who, like me, are ignorant of this, please let us know what it is and what are your thoughts. All right. Uh, so here we go. Being the uh, NHL guy that I am, here's here's the scoop and here's, what's go- here's what went down. And this could apply to a lot of different sport, right? So, uh, And I'm sure it happens a lot, except that it hasn't gone to this experience, extreme. So uh, Ottawa Senators are the hockey team in Ottawa, Canada the capital of Canada. Um, so they get an Uber, and I don't know if they were going to a restaurant or coming back from a restaurant or whatever. So they're in this Uber, and this Uber driver is recording. So that's not uncommon, right? Because I think a lot of Uber drivers do do that to protect themselves and to, you know, with people suing and shit going down. They like to have a recording in the car to, to be like, no, this happened or this happened. So... They're just covering their ass. So uh, 
the guy, I don't know if he recognizes them as athletes, but they're all really fit, good-looking guys. So you know, he just connected the They dots. weren't wearing all their hockey gear with their masks <laughs> no. and hockey yeah. sticks, no? Yeah, no sticks. No, they were just in street clothes. Um, and I think they even he, the guy even asked what team he played, they play for. Because uh, he didn't really know them, but like he knew that they were athletes. So anyway, uh, the conversation in the car between the players basically revolved around how their uh, one of their coaches is a numbnut and doesn't really teach. And, and these are star players that are in the, the the car. These aren't just bums that are in the car. These are these are names on the team. Um, and you know they proceed to kind of rip into the the coaching style, and one of the main players was like, "Yeah, I haven't paid attention in three weeks in 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 the meetings and blah blah blah." So this Uber driver decides he's going to release this. Right? He he sees this as a, a an opportunity to take advantage of a situation and try to either blackmail or whatever. He leaks this fucking. He sends it to everybody in in Ottawa media. Um, somebody ran with it, and away we go. So of course, there's this big thing of the, the players ripping on the coaching staff and and management and everything else, and who's going to get traded and who's not. Here's my take on this. Uh, this is every single. You know, you get a bunch of players in. What name me a team that doesn't complain about coaching? You know, when they're in their own environment, where they feel is a safe environment, right? Oh, I wish I got more playing time. Oh, this guy fucking has me doing laps, you know, because I fucked up, uh, or skating extra hard, you know, doing suicides at the blue line, um, or uh, oh, I, he called this play, but what? It happens all the fucking time, right? Ex- ex- except this time, this. Uber driver decides he's going to be a jerk off and release it, right? So no, I don't fault the players. I don't fault this the, the them at all. They're letting off steam because they're frustrated because their team's not playing very well, and it's either you're not playing very well or the system's not working. It's one of the two. So they're saying the system's not working. Uh, I blame the Uber driver for being a jerk off uh, and releasing something like that when he knows he shouldn't have. Um, and he was just looking for a payday. So uh, that guy can get right up the fucking street. I don't blame the players. And guess what? Players are playing pretty well regardless. So uh, that's that on the Uber scandal. Uh, so, uh, see, it's not as juicy as you thought it was, right? You thought it was like sex and, and hookers and blow. and No, it was just a, a team just ragging on their coaches. Right, now I've got to try and do a really clumsy, heavy-handed segue into... New Japan Pro Wrestling stuff. So <laughs> Impossible. Here, here we go. Ah, uh, and I was going to do one, but I want to ask you another question first. So, oh, what did you think of that latest episode of the Eggshells podcast? Ah, oh, speaking of excellent <clears throat> and excellent, if you will, how about that Joel Abraham on the Eggshells podcast that was released? Outstanding job, and I and. And again, pulling back the curtain a little bit, uh, you had confided in me that you were a little worried about this performance, and you were were a little, you know, you were a little uh, on edge about it. You didn't think you did a good job. I thought you did a great job. I thought you did a uh, outstanding. I was listening to it at the game, and I was laughing my ass off at your jokes and uh, the repartee that you guys had. I thought it was good. 
I really did. I thought you did an outstanding job. Uh, you did your homework. Nah, I think you hit it out of the park. And I think everyone, you hit it out. Not only did you hit it out of the park, you hit it out of the WH park. Huh? See, oh, that's that. good. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> that laugh was the worst. Um, no, you did fine, man. You did really good. Uh, proud of you. We're going to get so many more listeners now. And every one of our listeners to check it out. Um, the Eggshells Podcast, Joel. And I think, what am I? Am I am I around the corner next week? Uh, yeah, so you're going to be talking about Wrestle Kingdom 4, am I right? That is correct. That is correct. So, uh, yeah, back-to-back Super J-Cast on the Eggshells Podcast. So uh, we thank Chris Charlton for that. That was fun. Um, and, again, it only helps us and uh, help him out. Give it, give that a listen. And um, it's good. I, I, I will say this, Joel. Um. I, 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 I did see it online. I saw I saw your name <laughs> on somewhere really extreme. Let's put it that way. No way. Oh, yeah. I've got to go and look this up now. Go go look it up. It's there. It's I swear. Am I on a torrent, Damon? Yes, you are on a torrent. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes. Go go look it up. I've made it, Dan. I man, it, this is great for me because I if you if you want to listen to this podcast, listeners, you uh, need to check out Post Wrestling. So it's on the Post Wrestling podcast feed. And I've been listening to John Pollock and Waiting for about a decade now. I think it was around 2009 I started listening to it. And I really enjoyed their stuff. They're one of the first wrestling podcasts out there. So uh, for me to be invited to appear on uh, one of their affiliated shows is a really cool moment for me so um i I enjoyed it a lot like you say i was a bit worried about it because i'm I'm a perfectionist i want to do things right and there are some things that i thought i could have done better but listening back to it 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 was okay maybe that was just chris maybe he edited it to make it sound really great so uh anyway do check that out so you can hear me this week and you can hear damon next week yep absolutely it's uh it's well worth your time well worth a listen and uh again i think he did great joel did great uh of course i did great um, but, uh, yeah, good listens, uh, for your, you know, if you want to listen about then learn the history of, of the promotion, uh, this is a great little, uh, launching point for you. Yeah. And also it's quite time relevant given that the main event of Wrestle Kingdom three was Tanahashi and we're getting him again a decade later. So there's quite a few parallels to be made between the, the Tanahashi Keiji Muto main event and the Tanahashi Omega main event coming up. Um, anyway, let's get into the New Japan business. So start off with this one. In the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that Jim Ross will be off the Access New Japan uh, TV shows from December 31st to March 31st, which includes Wrestle Kingdom 13. So this could continue after his WWE deal expires Uh, at the end of March. So it seems that WWE are blocking him from working with New Japan. But I do get the feeling that Jim Ross is someone that Michael Craven would love to stick around. So do you think we'll be hearing more JR um, from April onwards? Um, Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, keep in mind the deal that he has is with access. And and while it is, there are threads that are weaving into the New Japan world. Um, it's mostly an access TV thing. So, all right, I'm going to... So, I had a dream, like, sometime last week, and it's weird that you brought it up because I just remembered it, that Jim Ross, me and Jim Ross were out, and he was crying because of the situations that I had, that he was telling me about, his, his wife passing and everything and how upset he was. 
and I promised him that I wouldn't I would take it easy on him on commentary. That was my dream. I just remembered this dream that I had. Ooh, now I feel weird. Um so do you have to honor the terms of that those I, promise that that promising even though it was a dream? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I don't know, maybe. I think I might have to. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. There's no need to because he hasn't done any commentary. Uh, and there's no need to uh, let, you know, rip, you know, dig up old things. So, um, no. Uh, but I think you, I think you probably will. Um, look, anything's possible. To, anything's possible at this point with, when it comes to that English commentary stuff. I mean, I, I'm reading interviews where, you know, that's a real driving force, and you could see that in in everything that they do, and and the, and the amount of people that you know, hands are on deck when it comes to the English side of things. So he's a re- he, of all the people that they brought in. I mean, if we're talking recognizable names to the casual pro wrestling fan, he's top of the list. I mean, sadly, Lanny Poffo is probably second. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think we will. I think unless WWE is really being stingy about it and being a total twat about it, um, which they can and will, um, we'll we'll hear more from Jr. I'm sure. What when you say twat? What is the spelling of this word? T W A T. It's twat. All right, I go ah. What the fuck? Not twat. Is, you say is, twat? That, is that an American thing? Do you, yeah. Is that an American word? You say that in the States as well? Yeah, twat. I thought that was a very British thing. I didn't realize that. It's like I mean, it's not twat. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's probably middle of the road common. Like, it kind of ranks right up there. It ranks up there with, with the, well, I don't want to say the word because, because people just lose their fucking mind with it. The, you know. See you next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he, I mean, it's weird because it's like in Australia and in you know, and even in, you know, in in Britain, it's it's very ca- it's a very casually thrown around word. And here in the states, that word is like you know, you're you're, you're a girl's going to start swinging. Like if you call her that, a, a girl will start swinging if you call her that. I don't think you can call a girl anything worse um, in the states. Um, for a guy, it's, it's, it's up, it's up there, I guess. Right. But you, you, you try and pull that off on a girl. That ain't happening. Um, and it's weird. It's very casual everywhere else. Twat is kind of the same thing. Like if I, if I go up to, if I'm in a, if, you know, if I'm in a bar situation and somebody's getting mouthy and I call them a twat, yeah, you're, that's, that's, that's borderline. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Oh, well, I've learned something new here today. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Someone else who's been a bit of a, a twat is Takamichi Noku, who has been uh, caught in a magazine uh, in an eight-year-long affair. And the upshot of this being that he's taken a one-year pay cut, which is one of the highest as wrestling punishment that wasn't outright suspension or dismissal. So a statement was released which said that K-Dojo isn't going to pay him at all for a year. But I believe he's also the owner of K-Dojo and that basically means he's not going to be paying himself a salary. And I think a lot of owners, CEO people do that on top of what they profit off of the business. Uh, now, I don't think that K-Dojo is making a lot of money, making much profit, to be fair. And we can assume most of his K-Dojo income comes from the school rather than the show. So instead of going towards the paycheck, 
that money will go straight into the company coffers, which I then guess goes into Taka's pockets anyway, But uh, <laughs> unless he's got some partners. Uh, he's also resigned as resident director, so nominally he's taken a step back, but I'd be surprised if he actually stops his involvement in the day-to-day running of the company. But I just find this interesting from a cultural perspective, because in the West, if you hear a sports star uh, cheated on his spouse and get caught out, no one really cares that much, and they certainly don't face any sort of sanctions from their employers. But in Japan, it's quite a big deal. And we've seen guys like Taichi get suspended for 30 days, uh, this situation with Taka. Um, there was a situation with Shibata. Uh, I think that was last year, but he seemed to get away with it. But uh, there's a, a big culture of um, you know honour, and if people get caught, it's a, a scandal. And yeah. they, they are disgraced. So an interesting little cultural caveat there. It is. You know, it, you, know it, it, the, you are right. It does become news in some ways, but you know it is. It listen, we we have uh, we have bigger fish to fry. It seems like in, in our country, as opposed to our athletes uh, being unfaithful. Uh, unfortunately, we have uh, these things that I like to pop up every month called mass shootings <laughs> that, that apparently uh, seem to be the uh, every month. So uh, yeah, that, that that that's the uh, that's where our thoughts and prayers are going to uh, go. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, just fucking ugh. I, that that stuff drives me nuts, Joel. That's the stuff that drives me nuts. The uh, the idea of every month, like I got to go through this nonsense of oh, there's another. And here's the thing: we've become this country has become such so de de what's sensitized is the word I'm looking desensitized. for. Desensitized. It's unbelievable. You don't watch man. South Park, do you? I used to. Because the the latest season. Like every time they show a shot of the South Park Elementary School, you can hear gunshots and people screaming. <laughs> and then the, the most recent episode was the chief of police coming in, um, who he was getting angry because he's got to deal with school shooting when he wants to go home and play Red Dead Redemption 2. So it's like, I've got real, real problems, real people to deal with, and I've got to come in here and waste my time dealing with you little shits shooting each other up. Right. I mean, that's really what it's become. I mean, think just again. I don't. I don't care about the political aspects of it. So if you come to this, I swear to God, get right up the street. Um, I don't care about the political stuff. It's it's the fact that the line was crossed the day where when a guy walks into a school where it was kids, like little kids, not even like high school kids, like little kids, and a guy just starts rattling off a gun you know that that was like, like if nothing was going to happen on that day it's nothing is going to happen period and since that time we had the las vegas shooting right which was over a year about a year ago that 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 horrific scene um where it was an outdoor concert and a guy just decides to get up oh I'll go off on a lobby and just, you know in my, in my balcony and just start sniper rifling people um and then this and then others that have been falling in between just, it's fucking madness what's going on. It is absolute fucking madness. Um, I, I don't know. What, I, I, do, do, what's, the, what's the gun situation in, in your country, Joel? Give, give, us, give me a little taste of, the, of what you have to deal with when it comes to, to the gun situation in your country. Uh, what, in China, where I live? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd have to check that up myself, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, that's. A good I, I know that there were some quite bad uh, knife attacks in uh, elementary schools. Not, I think it might have been the same province that I live in, but obviously you can only do 
so much damage with an eye. Look, I'm just surprised that this conversation has taken quite a dark turn. And whilst I do okay. agree with you, I just want to let the record show before anyone comes at me on Twitter like, oh, the show never got political when Colin was there. That is Damon who's making it political, <laughs> not me, even though I agree with you and you are right. I'm not making it political. It wasn't me that started this conversation. I'm literally just making a fact of... You know, we, our country has bigger fish to fry, and we're making this. We're saying that when it comes to the infidelity of athletes, you know, we're kind of just okay. This, that, I mean, we hand wave it and shoulder shrug it because we had this to deal with, even though we really don't even deal with that, to be quite honest with you. All right, sorry, we went off on a little tangent there. All right, it's getting on my nerves at this point. All right, uh, let's talk pro wrestling, shall we? Yeah, so Tokyo Sports. Uh, Tetsuya Naito received a WWE offer after Dominion and turned it down. I didn't even give it thought. This New Japan ring is already the world's number one stage. The fans know this. That's why I think we should focus on our home crowd before looking international. So, strong words from Naito there. And what I found really funny was uh, Andrew Rich, friend of the show, uh, he put a tweet out afterwards just sort of riffing on that regular Tokyo Sports thing where Naito has a, a meal with them and then sneaks off without paying the bill. So... <laughs> Andrew posted a, a little joke on that saying, yeah, and then WWE took him for lunch and then Naito sneaked out the window without paying the bill. And then a load of people just didn't get the joke and were in the mentions going, oh, that's really unprofessional of him. Or or saying, well, WWE would have paid for the lunch anyway. What are you talking about? So people completely missed the point there. But uh, what, um, what I thought was interesting is the fact that WWE went after Naito when he's at his lowest ebb, kayfabe-wise. So coming off the back of that Jericho defeat, at Dominion. So what percentage odds do you give to Naito ever going to WWE? Uh, I would go low. I am I mean, of the single digits, low. It's, I don't think it's in the, in, in the cards for anybody. Uh, I, 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 like, who reached out to him? Like, like, what, what, what constitutes a reaching out? Do you think, you know, Uncle Paul is picking up the phone and calling. Do you, here, to me, it's like a Jericho or a Rey Mysterio of, hey, would you would you be interested in going to WWE? Nah, not really. Okay, and that was it. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't see like like maybe may, maybe maybe a Stephen Regal reaching out maybe, but I I I don't see that. I, I I see that I, like I don't think a formal offer was made. You know, if you really want to get down to it, I don't think like like phone calls or negotiations. I think it was just something as simple as that, where you know somebody was just like, "Hey, you should come here. You'd make a lot of money. You'd be a star." And he was like, "Nah, I don't feel like fucking doing that." That that was probably the extent of it. Okay, and I've got a little match here that we saw from his uh, opponent at Power Struggle, Zack Sabre Jr. So this was Zack Sabre Jr. versus A-Kid on a Spanish show, a Triple W, from April 14th, which is getting a lot of traction now. What an amazing match this was, Damon. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And, 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 and truth be told, I have to uh, thank that Joel Lanza for kind of digging that one out. That, that From what I understand, that month is over a month old, right? Um, and for whatever reason at the time, may have gotten a little bit of traction, but then, you know, it, it seems to me like after Lanza really went out and 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 trumpeted this match, that's when people started to to get on board and 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 watch and boy, it's it's taken off and it's well deserved. It is a very um 
I hate to use this term, and now I'm not even going to use the term. Um, it is a very hard hitting Zach match with uh, with 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 even more flavor, if that makes any sense, right? Uh, I, I there's no doubt in my mind that that Zach Zaber Jr. should be in the mix for wrestler of the year come uh, uh, award season. He really should be in that mix. Uh, just uh, go out of your way to watch it. It's it's a fun match. It's an exciting match. Uh, and and again, it's 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 a, it's a Zach match, but it's also there's it's also there's there there are these other dangerous elements that are in this match that make it a little bit different, fast paced, exciting. Um I I was close to going five on it. I was like four and three quarters on it. It was a really good match on a show that, you know, could easily be missed if if you're if you're not going out of your way to watch it. So great job by everybody to get this match out in front of everybody. Yeah, Zach Sabre Jr. has had some tremendous matches this year, and this might be the best one. Yeah. Certainly, if I knew more about A-Kids or if I was following Triple W, then this would be a definite five-star. But just the lack of emotional investment. Having the match means that I can't, but from a technical point of view and the crowd, everything, it was just incredible. Um, so if you haven't checked that out already, do check it out. A-Kid versus Zack Sabre Jr. It's free, free match. It's up on YouTube. And definitely worth your time. Yep, I would. I, would, right. I would absolutely recommend it. Now, so you went. You didn't go five. You, but you're in high fours. Yeah, I think I go four and a half. So I'm taking away a quarter of a star for my lack of emotional investment, which is of course not on the performance at all, and a quarter of a star for the lack of stakes. For me, it's got to be high stakes. You know, big title match on a big show, something like that, for me to go all in on that. But I think four and a half is. Very, very respectable score. Yeah. And you said it was one of your favorite Zach matches, period, right? Yes. I think two of my favorite Zach matches are going to be the New Japan Cup final against Tanahashi and the G1 match he had with Naito. I thought those two were really, really tremendous matches, but this is definitely right up there with him on a technical level. Uh, I'm going to set the over-under number of third place. Do you think Zach is over or under for wrestler of the year? Um, f- f- what for the general consensus, like the public vote for yeah. wrestler of the year? Yeah, I think he will be below Osprey. I think he will be below Kenny. Then you're sort of getting into tricky areas. I. Did he have a better year? Yep. Did he have a better year? I'm going to just off. Yeah. How about this? Did he have a better year than Naito? Zach. Yes. Mm. Did he have a better year than Tanahashi? Mm, That's really tricky. Right. Tanahashi's had more chances. I I I think I would have to put him below Tanahashi at this point. I might put him above. I really might put him above. How about Ishii? Oh, this is so... Good. David, we've got to keep our powder dry for this one. We've got our awards <laughs> coming up. and You're I making know, me know, give away our I, picks I know. here. Just, that's my last one. How about Ishii? 
Would you? Do you think Zach has had a better? And it, it, here's the thing: you got to get the, you got to get your brain going, and and everybody's got to get their juices flowing because we're going to be releasing this, 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 these awards probably real soon. Um, did well, what, what about the world tag league? We got fuck a lot world. of world tag league, mate. The fuck out of here! I tell you what. Uh, we'll get to it, but uh, I, I, I'm mentally preparing myself to sit through this nonsense. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like, it, like it's really good. A lot of this stuff is hand wave stuff. But okay, Ishi, Zach, who had a better year? Oh, I, I, can't, I can't choose. Uh, probably, I, I can't pick. It's they're, tough, it isn't it? They're, they're on par. It's so hard. Zishi had a tremendous G1. He's a, had a really good match with Kenny Omega at Destruction. Great matches with Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Zach edges it. I think Zach edges it slightly. I might have to go Ishii. I might have to give Ishii the nod on that one. But by look like a fucking ass hair. But even then, you see, here's the thing. I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm unfortunately putting in my, oh, but I really like Zach. Like, I like everything about Zach. You know what I mean? Like, I like his interviews. I like his look. I like everything about him. I like his musical taste. I like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm using all of that uh, in there, right? But, oh, I, I, I'm curious. I think, you should, I think that you should have a poll and just be like, who had a better year, Zach or Ishii? And and I would be very curious just to see that alone. Um, very curious to see what people thought uh, of that because to me that is a very difficult one to because if you go through and and really like go back and 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 look at those not, not even watch just just remember all those New Japan Cup matches and all those submission finishes and uh, look there's a lot there's a huge body of work that Zach had that that. It really goes neck and neck with what Ishii produced. So uh, I'd be curious to see that one. I'd, I'd like to see a Twitter poll on that one. So uh, your end awards are going to be fun. Okay, done. I've just made the Twitter poll. So it'll be interesting to see what scores we get by the end of the podcast. All right, uh, next thing. A question from Dan. It says, I hate to hop back on to faction-based questions, but this one is important because it involves the heart and the soul of the former Bullet Club. What is Big Udro and Chase Owen standing on the faction front right now? Are they elite Bullet Club or are they just stuck in limbo? And I brought this up because we did get some Bullet Club updates. So a while ago, Cody went on a Twitter rant about how New Japan removed them from the Bullet Club, how it's Jay White's group now. Then on the Jerry Cruz, Kenny, Cody, Skull, Hangman and the Bucks announced that they're no longer in the Bullet Club. They're now just going by the elite. But Chase and Udro are still in the Bullet Club with Jay White, G.O.D., etc., despite being allies with the elite since the split. Uh, the New Japan website still has the Bullet Club logo in Kenny's profile and Cody's, etc. But the website profile updates are not always immediate. Now, here's the interesting thing. Cody and Kenny own the elite trademark. So yes. to some extent, New Japan is just protecting uh, their intellectual property here uh, if the elite do leave. So moving the faction over to the other guys and the future star in Jay White. Uh, but here's the thing. This Bullet Club Civil War has been going on for months and months and now one side just concedes defeat on Twitter and then on a boat. This is really stupid to me. It would be like in the middle of the WWF, WCW, ECW invasion angle in 2001 that the Alliance just announces online that they've given up. But like, we should have had a match here. 
it could have been great. We could have had something like power struggle, you know, five on five elimination match or something. Kenny, the Bucks, Cody and Marty against uh, Jay White, Grizz of Destiny, Farley, Ishimori with the winners keeping the Bullet Club name. Um, now, I guess the elite guys, are, they must be praying now that the elite gets over in the same manner because uh, there's a lot of T-shirts on the table. Uh, Meltzer was saying that they could come out ahead as New Japan was taking a good chunk of that T-shirt money. But either way, for me, it's an unsatisfactory payoff to such a long-term story, Damon. It is, and and that's that's the end result from a fan perspective. From their perspective, right, Bullet Club is owned and trademarked and licensed through New Japan. They they own that. So that's not a Kenny thing. That's not a Bucks thing. That's not a that's a, that's a New Japan thing. So I'm sure that part of this has is is a business standpoint. From a business standpoint, uh, is those guys saying, "Hey, you know what?" we're getting hosed here on the profitability of all this bullet club merch because we're not seeing all of it or we're seeing a, a a portion of the pie that we feel like we should have a bigger piece of and we're going to create our own thing so we're not going to have no any more bullet club t-shirts and and that, that's why it was a there was a big thing made online where you know there this is our last bullet club design and this is that so um so even if they do stay, they have you know their own brand, so to speak, and and they can make money off of that and get all the the profits. Um, from a pro wrestling fan standpoint, yeah, this is this has been a dud, um, a a a resolution that feels like, and 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 again. We always say that it, it's rare that this happens in New Japan. New Japan is very diligent in <clears throat> wrapping things up and putting bow ties on it or at least giving you little seeds that are planted to further a storyline down the road. This, and it could, it could, don't get me wrong, it could, but as we stand here right now, you know, again, if we're talking award season, I don't think, I don't think that there's any surprise that this whole uh, Bullet Club Civil War thing and the resolution of will probably go on the list of most disappointing thing in new japan during the calendar year and i guarantee it's going to get votes yeah just i just find it absolutely staggering that there was no big match payoff at the end of it that it's just sort of fizzled out like this um i mean maybe they will come up with something definitive when we have like we might have an elite versus bullet club thing but just the way that they just announced oh okay yeah they won they're bullet club now we're not bullet club anymore they, they should have done something with that you know and and who was it was it tanahashi or <clears throat> was it naito or i don't remember who exactly said it but whoever said it made a great point of you know you guys spent 20 minutes killing each other putting each other through tables and chairs and you know everything else and then you go and hug. <laughs> it's like what? What was what was all that for? What was the, what was the past twenty minutes of this match for? Like that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. Like that that really gets under my fucking skin. That you want me to invest in a storyline, and then two seconds later, you know, you you're hugging in the ring. Like it makes I don't know that 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 I get that there isn't look. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's 1981 and I, you know, I'm a little schoolboy believing everything that's going on in the ring. And it, but, you know, can, can we – I'm buying a ticket to kind of lose myself. It's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's like 
I just feel like it's like you go to a movie, and as they're rolling the credits, the actors get on stage and remind you, well, I'm not Iron Man. Just remember, there is no Iron Man. Okay, good night. <laughs> like, why? Could you just let me enjoy the fucking storyline? And, and instead, two minutes later, you're hugging in a fucking ring? <sighs> drives me nuts. All right, uh, where are we now? Okay, uh, there was an interview with Harold May in Up Rocks by Emily Pratt. So I'll just give the condensed version. So he was asked about the westernization of the product. He said he's trying to bring the Japanese way of wrestling to the global audience in terms of philosophy, the traditions, the way they educate their wrestlers. He's talked about creating more English content, like interviews, videos that explain the matches or explain the emotions of the wrestlers before a match, post-match comments, together with the history, like the history of the factions. And he wants to explain the richness of that history to an audience that might not have been exposed to it as much as Japanese fans. He says he's not trying to change anything within the ring. He's actually trying to bring exactly that essence to the Western audience. So he mentions that there's a global standardization going on as international talent is exchanged. And over time, the differences between American, Japanese, British and Mexican wrestling will become less prominent. But he's still trying to bring Japan, Japanese wrestling as it is. He talks about the mental training of the young lines, the fact that they don't rely on mic work, the way they let their wrestlers create their own personas. And he says the only difference between the Japan dojo and the LA dojo is that the LA trainees don't have to cut their hair. He talks a lot about global skills for expansion, things like branding, protection of brands, negotiation processes, legal compliances that need to be scaled up. And he commented on backstage rumours and said that people always resist change, like his adaptations for global standards, like banning the fuck word, the middle finger, or shooting water out of your mouth onto the fans. He says these things may have been okay in Japan, but are unacceptable on a global standard. And they also talk about the fact that 40 to 50% of their fans at shows are women, and 10% are kids under 12, and he wants it to be a safe and good environment for women and kids to come to. So what did you make of his comments? Well, he's saying all the right things, saying all the things that we want to hear, right? Um, I like. I don't think anybody's going to poo-poo the idea of having English content explain historical moments in, in the promotion that maybe they don't have, you know, newer fans don't have the context of. And it, it, even fans that have followed it, I'm sure, would learn uh, a little bit more about the context of why things occurred. I mean, we, we you know, for... For everybody that knocks Dave Meltzer, right, which to me is fucking hilarious. Like the people who do just I hand wave because whatever. Um, but in in that in that same breath, the only context that a lot of people have about historical moments in New Japan Pro Wrestling is through his interpretation of them, right? So. To have a maybe a different spin and a different feel and a different and that's not to say that those things weren't accurate. I'm just saying that that it, it is through his lens that that many older New Japan fans and and Japanese wrestling fans um, learn about and and understand the whys of things happening or through his lens. So uh, to get that different perspective and that different feel and a different take, I think everyone can learn from that and everyone can win from that. So thumbs up there. Uh, I think the for, the for the microphone stuff that he mentioned, I think I don't know if I necessarily agree with that statement in the sense of, you know, one of the reasons, and again, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is true, but one of the reasons that it was explained to me by someone 
it, uh, for like uh, an Ishii not really getting the push that people think that he should get or deserves or whatever, or Goto. Um, those post-match interviews that they really like to have, whether it's in the ring or backstage, you know, they really don't deliver well. You know, if you're going to look at Ishii and point the finger at right, what what could possibly be the reason for him not being super successful, you know, if we're being objective, that's really one of those things. You know, he's not what you would call a wordsmith. Goto, I would say the same. So <clears throat> while he's saying that, you know, the mic work. Now, listen. Are we talking about backstage vignettes and, you know, looking at a monitor sideways like they do in W? Like, who watches TV like that? It's the worst shot in the entire world. Um, you know, that kind of nonsense? Yeah, I would agree 100%. We don't need that. We don't want that. It's not important. Correct. But to, to just hand wave mic skills? I don't know. I think I think it's important. I think because... Even from a Japanese perspective, you you need that to connect with your fan base. And from a Western perspective, you know we always like to kind of hear, understand what they're saying. So, um, you know, I, I think there's while I think there's something to be said there. I think that some of that is missing the point uh, from what Harold had mentioned. Yeah, to me, the most interesting thing was the fact him talking about the global standardization and the things like uh you know the legal uh let me look here branding protection of brands negotiation processes and legal compliances because to me that is screaming out things like you know going after people like showbuckle and people who are gifting uh highlights in new japan matches on twitter because that seems to align with what Harold is saying here so I don't think that he is influencing the booking of the matches personally but uh, I think on the business side and in terms of brand protection and stuff like that in his own words he has taken a strong hand in that so I guess that's where we're seeing the biggest differences well we've been trying to put it off as long as we can but we better get onto it. The World Tag League, Damon. The graveyard of many talented up-and-coming voices of wrestling writers. And I'm praying for you, Harley Duncan. So send Harley your well wishes because he said that he's going to take it on. He's going to be writing the reviews for the World Tag League. And I'm scared for him. So this is going to go from November 17th until December the 9th. And we will go into the teams in a bit more detail later on. But I'll just list them off first. We've got Evil and Sonata. Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Suzuki and Izuka. Killer Elite Squads, Hangman Page and Yujiro, Gorillas of Destiny, Best Friends, Juice and Fidley, and Ayato Yoshida and Shota Umino. Uh, Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb, Togi Makabe and Hanare, Ishii and Yano, Tenkozi, Nakanishi and Nagata. So this is one block, Damon. One block with all 14 teams in it. That's 92 matches, including the final. Uh, same as the G1. There were 57 World Tag League matches last year. And by comparison, the G1 was 18 shows in 29 days. This World Tag League is 17 shows in 23 days. And Lanny Poffo's doing commentary. So, uh, Damon, I was thinking we do daily podcasts to review each of these shows. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we get in. Instant takes. All right. Can I be honest? We do it. We do a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. We do the best New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Our numbers blow away anything. We're great. I don't think I can do this. I, 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 are we really going to get he, back here on every Sunday 
and review these shows, number one. Number two, like, I feel like this is the, this is the crime we, ha- we you know, the, the, this is the, 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 we have to pay for our crimes, right? And it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, paying for our sins, watching and reviewing these shows. Do we have an obligation to the New Japan Pro Wrestling community to review these shows, Joel? Cause no, it's a free podcast, Damon. Until people start paying us, then they can get fucked. Right. Thank you. I, I, I love it because he, I don't even think people are really – are people going to sit down and watch this? Like if, like if you have a choice, are you going to sit there and watch uh, 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 Izuka Suzuki versus Nagata Nakanishi tag match? Or are you going to go out and enjoy the fucking sunshine and the fresh air? Oh, I mean, I don't, I just, why are they doing this to us? <laughs> this is painful. So, you know, I, I I really think that we'll ramp up coverage. Look, we're, we're going to watch stuff, but I, I can't guarantee you that. I, I, I can only speak for myself. I can't guarantee you I'm going to watch all these shows. It's just, it's just not going to happen. I got better things to do in my life than to sit there and watch that nonsense, that dreck, um, and waste an hour of my life. Yeah, uh, definitely don't blame me. So, listeners, maybe you can give us suggestions of other things that we can discuss uh, instead of the World Tag League. So, I mean, just looking at it in terms of statistics, compared to last year's World Tag League, 11 out of the 14 teams are exactly the same, with another team of Juice Robinson and David Finney, who also featured last year in separate teams. So, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, Shota Umino, and Ayata Yoshida are the only new additions. So, that's 24 out of 28, the same people as last year. So, out from last year, uh, also taking into account the reduced size, are War Machine, Sammy Callahan, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, Bad Luck Dale, Chase Owens, and Katsuya Kitamura. Uh, so, we've got a question here from listener Stefano who says, So, how much are we hand-waving this Tag League lineup? Is it more lackluster than prior years? And I think we've pretty much addressed this point. But, yeah, it just feels really stale, doesn't it? Oh, it just feels... It, it doesn't even feel... It, it, a, yes, it does feel stale. And, B, it feels dull. Like, it feels really dull. Like, go through that lineup, Joel, and just reach out for me. Give me two matches that you think will be very good. Two matches. I think Evil and Sonata versus Elgin and Cobb, that could be really good, right? That, that's one that could be really good. What else? What else could be really good? Okay, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here. I think Yoshida and Umino are going to be really good. And I think they could have some really decent matches. I was actually thinking Evil, Sonata against Yoshida and Umino. Evil and Sonata against Killer Elite Squad, they had a really good match at Wrestle Kingdom. So if they can tap into some of that magic again, um, just pretend that they're at the Tokyo Dome, they could have a really good match. And another one that is quite interesting is the fact that we have so many Suzuki-gun teams. We've got three Suzuki-gun teams that we are going to end up with... Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. facing off against Minoru Suzuki at some point, which could lead to some interesting developments. So, I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Okay. Do you, I, my only fear with that is that it turns into one of those nonsense. Oh, you you take the fall, you know? You know what I mean? Like 
that the whole we're in the same faction, so you just lie down bullshit. And then the, somebody says, no, you know, they do a two count, they kick out, and then they start prawn. You know, that, what, what was that amazing match in last year's Best of the Super Juniors? I think it was Taichi against Takamichi Noku, and they had an amazing they, match without actually touching each other. Yeah, that, I do remember that. Um, that. I think we might see nonsense like that. So I, I, like, let's do this, Joel. So right off, right out of there, we, we got a, a handful of positives, right? There's, there's, give me, let's give. Is there any more positive matches that we can come out of this, right? Things that might be like, okay, I might, I, I might, might, might want to go out of my way to tune into. Uh, Elgin and Cobb against uh, Killer Elite Squad, four big lads doing big boy things. Okay, I see a lot of outside the ring brawling. I see a lot of. Uh, I see. I see that one being the 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 brawl in the crowd type match. To be honest with you, um, it could be good. I, it, it has a chance to be good. So we'll put that in the good column. We'll put that in a possible good column. Okay. How about? Um, hmm. You think best friends can can pull out some magic? How about best friends against Juice and Finley for? Lovely boys, you know, having fun, doing goofy right. stuff, having right. a laugh. Okay. All right. That, 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 I mean, that, that could that could be good. That could be good, right? Um, how about Juice and Finley against uh, Nakanishi and Nagata? <laughs> no, no. Okay. What about what about um, best friends okay. against Ishii and Yano? Yano and Chuck Taylor. You're gonna get plenty of comedy, right? If you like the comedy, that's that's the match for you, right? Uh, hmm. Good? Or no, we're looking for very good. No, I'm struggling to put Wait, that look, one in a comedy. Here's the thing: I'm gonna burst the bubble straight away because last year the highest rating a World Tag League match received from Dave Meltzer was Evil and Sonata versus Tamatonga and Tangaloa, and they received three and three-quarter stars on the 19th and final night of the tour. So do not hold your breath for any bangers. I will be very surprised if we get anything touching four stars on this tour. So let's uh, dig into some questions here. So Michael says, why aren't Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. tagging together? And didn't Okada say that he and Yoshi would be teaming so why isn't he in even with a replacement if Yoshihashi isn't ready it's frustrating to me right the most annoying thing about this statement is that they are making bad teams just so that there's a pin eater and this whole idea of pinfall protection only really makes sense when you're considering the booking which breaks the suspension of disbelief like I, I get it they need it to protect guys but the match quality really suffers as a result and it's also inconsistent with what's happening in other promotions like RevPro because uh, Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr they're an established tag team they're title holders they're holding their tag team title belts and Rich Krejci brought this up on the Slack chat like, I'm trying to imagine the backstage conversation where Suzuki's having a meeting with Zack and he's saying like so we are a dominant championship winning tag team let's team up and win the World Tag League. And then Zack Sabre Jr. is like, nah, mate, Tai Chi. And like Suzuki, as the leader of Suzuki would say, like, uh, good idea, I'll, I'll take Izuka. But given that Zack appears to be in a uh, rescue and singles match, him tagging with Tai Chi doesn't really make sense either because they obviously won't win. So why not have Suzuki and Tai Chi together? So Tai Chi could do all his cowardly stuff and then tag out to badass Suzuki who could beat people up. And I would have bought that team as having a legitimate chance of winning. But... Uh, Instead, we're getting teams that have got no chance with pin eaters. Uh, look, 
I I agree with everything that you said. It's it's you can go down that roster and be like, okay, well, he's the pin eater. He's the pin eater. He's the pin eater. They're not winning. They're not, you know. And just you could just take teams out. I mean, it's it's. it's Should we do that? I mean, let's let's go through the teams and you. Yeah, you give me the percentage chance of them winning the world title or making the final. Okay, let's say percentage of making the final. Okay, okay. Evelyn Sonata. Uh, very high. I, to me, they win the thing. Evelyn Sonata win. Okay, so what we're talking like a hundred percent chance they get into the final. Ninety-five. Um, Ninety-five percent. Ninety-five percent. Okay. Uh, Taichi Zach Junior. See, here's the thing. It's like you know, for for a brief moment, Taichi was. You're never open weight champion, um, but it does feel like he's he's the pin eater. He's definitely protecting Zach because Zach has a high profile match going into uh, Kingdom. They're not making the finals. Uh, I would say thirty percent. Okay, I was going to go a bit higher. I was going to go fifty percent just because they're both been relatively successful in singles action. Uh, Suzuki and Izuka, I'm going low, Is it- maybe ten percent. Ten, yeah, ten if that single digits. I, I might even go. Isica is. Can you imagine Isica in in uh, the fucking final? Come on. At least in the final, they're expected to really go out of their way to to do their best to have a great match. Isica? No, no way. All right, Killer Elite Squad. I'm going pretty high with this. I'm going to go eighty percent. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, probably in that same boat. Go ahead. All right, Hangman Page and Yujiro. Uh, I like both guys, but they're just... Yujiro's not a big enough name. He's not going to be in a, a heavyweight tag title match at Wrestle Kingdom, so pretty low here. Maybe 30%? 25 20%, yeah. I mean, Hangman Page is, is obviously the protected one of the group. Um, but yeah, I would go, I would go 20%. All right, Gorillas of Destiny. Again, I've got to go quite high because I don't think they're going to be taking too many losses here. I think it's quite likely we're going to end up with quite a few teams uh, tying for first place. So, G.O.D., I'm going high. I'm going, again, I think 80%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they'll be, if not in the finals, then it'll be like a last, uh, you know, ditch effort to have them eliminated and it sets up any future tag programs if they retain um so yeah i think it's pretty high that they'll be near the top okay and the best friends fun team but mm, i I mean it would make sense for them i guess to have something at wrestle kingdom but it's just chuck taylor can't see it i think they've got big plans for beretta but not chucky so i'm going low here maybe 40 percent. put him on commentary seriously put him on commentary like you have a guy there that that is it is pardon the pun tailor made for uh for commentary. He's that's your guy. That that's 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 your third mic. I mean, put him on the. Here's the thing. Put him on the B team, B team, uh, or second mic. Put him on B team second mic. So your first team is Kelly, uh, Rocky, and third mic can can. Weave out Chris Charlton. You can weave in and out, or you just go two. But make him B team second, Mike, and I think you got a winner with Chucky Taylor. Yeah, I just uh, started looking up the lineup for the penultimate 
show on this World Tag League just to see if there are any clues by the way that they're paired up to you know the big names who could might play spoiler. So in that final day, we've got God against Yano and Ishii. So I could yeah. see Yano and Ishii possibly playing spoiler there mm-hmm. to keep God out of it. But then I had a horrible thought that no, actually there can't be Yano and Ishii. Okay, let me go back to what we're doing. So uh, next thing, Juice and Juice and Finley. Uh, again, it would, yeah, Finley's not a big enough name for them to be winning this. I'm being in a tag match at Wrestle Kingdom, so again, going like thirty percent. Yeah, and Juice is going to WWE, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ain't ever going back. Uh, Yoshida and Shota Umino. Um, question here from Tyler: Are there normally young line teams in the World Tag League? What kind of track record do they have? Have any young line teams recorded more than one win? So I did a bit of homework last year. There was Finley and Kitamura who got zero points. Uh, there was Hanare and Makabe got one win. Then 2016, there was Hanare and Nakanishi got zero. 2009, Goto and Okada got zero. And I think Okada was a young line then, wasn't he? Yeah? yeah, yeah, he was. So there's your answer. I think they could put on some good matches, but 0% chance of winning this. Yeah, agreed. Um, Elgin and Cobb, Team Awkward are back. Uh, I think it would be quite cool to... You know, have a uh, Elgin leaning over to smell Cobb at some point and pull a disgusted face. <laughs> I but, would uh, pay money for that. Now, that. now, now you got me. Now you got me interested. I'm watching every match. I want just once would be great. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Just that little nugget. I would. I would piss myself laughing. To reward us for watching it, I think yeah. we should do that. Come on, Big Mike. Just lean over. Yeah, if you're listening, Mike, do it. Come on, just do just it. to pop us. It'll be hilarious. Yeah, well, I that would be. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. And then, and then, uh, Cobb could could leave with uh, two guys dressed up like War Machine, <laughs> and and Mike could sulk in the ring, be like, "Hey, I want to, nobody wants to hang out with me." Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so surprised that they put these guys back together again. I think that was really blown out of proportion too. I just, I don't know. I, who knows? Whatever. I too. Uh, I think I think everything was was smoothed over between those two. That's fine, but 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 for people like us who remember every all these little little things, and and there are people that are worse than us that remember everything. Um, just give us a little something. We look, we're watching these shows. Give us something. Give us a little taste of 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 of. Also, we're definitely watching them now, are we? Just just to, you know what. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my due diligence because because I know people listen to this show and I know word gets back to a lot of people. But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a special request, a, a personal request, uh, to see if this happens. And if he does it, uh, you'll know it was our handiwork that made this happen. How about that? All right. Wink, wink to everybody. Okay. Uh, odds of Team Awkward winning this World Tag League. <clears throat> Team Awkward. I like that name too. Uh, Team Awkward. You know, Mike doesn't have a lot to do, and Cobb doesn't have anything to do come Wrestle Kingdom. I think they'll be high. I think they'll be in the mix. I don't think they win, but they'll be in the mix. Um, I'll go 60%. Final day, they have got Hangman Page and Yujiro, so... Yeah, would would they still be alive going into that? Could we see Hangman Page getting a big pinfall over Elgin or Cobb or something to establish himself? Certainly a possibility. Uh, and then we've got 
Talking Makabe and Hanari, which is interesting for the fact that there's no Honma, which yeah. I'm quite surprised by because they seem to be, there, there are quite a few tag matches. Um, didn't they do uh, GBH at King of Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. I want to say, getting a pin over, was it Juice and Finley? And I thought, okay, they're, they're building them up for the tag league, but now no Honma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that tells me that he's not ready for the grind, <laughs> and I put that in air quotes, of the World Tag League. Um, physically, I, you know, there were always question marks with him, and I think that kind of answers it. I don't think he could take the grind of it. Of I, I mean, how many matches did you say they were going to be? Ninety-two. There's, you know, it's doubled the output of what was expected last year between all the teams. I don't think he could handle the grind. Now, that's a shame, right? That kind of, but that that's what that screams to me is that he can't handle the grind of it. Yeah, I looked up the King of Pro Wrestling. It was Makabe and Honma beat Hinare and Juice, not Finley and Juice. I'm sure someone's going to be tweeting. Yeah, it was Hinare. It wasn't. Well, we corrected it. You were right on it. Close enough. Close enough. (laughs) Okay, uh, Ishii and Yano. Question here from Will. Will says, I know you guys don't seem keen on Ishii and Yano as a team, but I learned the other day that they've tagged together every year since 2005, except in 2012 and uh, 2014, over a number of factions. They're clearly good pals, and I think that's really cool. Personally, I'm just thinking, like, why, if we, kayfabe wise, why is Ishii still friends with Yano? Because if you look at his tag partners, go, he started tagging with Nakamura. And then tagging with Goto, and now he's tagging with Yano, and it just makes him look like an idiot when there are other better options on the table. And I, I really wanted that Ishii Goto tag team. And I get that they'll have singles programs at Wrestle Kingdom, but they, they didn't have to win the World Tag League. They just needed to be a team and be awesome. And they did team together a few times. They were great. Um, August Baker pointed out that they even had a sweet double team move. They had a Ushiguroshi into the sliding clothesline. So I'm not a fan of Ishii and Yano. Okay, it's nice that they're mates, but it doesn't make them any more right. interesting to watch. Like, the, like in that same train of thought, that makes me say, okay, Ishii doesn't give a fuck about World Tag League because he's picking Yano as his partner. Let me give you an example. So, growing up as kids, right, uh, I could play hockey, right? Uh, not bad, pretty good, right? So, when we were choosing up teams to play, I would get picked in the first couple of picks, right? Now, flip the coin to basketball. You know, my best friend was very good at basketball. I stunk. I still stink. Terrible, right? Now, we're friends. We're best friends. We hang out to this day. I'm I'm getting picked last for basketball. If we're playing basketball, I'm getting picked near last, probably just over the kid who is blind. Right. So so if there's somebody who cannot see, I might have a chance of getting picked before him. That's just, I mean, right, because we want to win the game. I'm not good at basketball. Yano is not good at winning tag league. So so they decide to, you know, you know it would be okay if, if, if Ishii said, uh, you know what, we're going to pass on this one. And, you know, I'll catch you on the flip side. Right? That means to me, like, Oh, we're friends. Let's we'll do World Tag League and we'll just fuck our way through it and get paid and pick up girls afterward. That's that's really what's what what like if I'm looking at it from that perspective, it it means to me Ishii doesn't give a, a fuck all about World Tag League. 
It's just like, oh, well, Ishii and Yano have always tagged together, so let's keep them together. And the only saving grace here is the fact that Ishii has his singles match for Wrestle Kingdom, so that means Ishii and Yano are not going to be winning this. So very low odds for them, maybe 20%. Less than that, yeah, because of just, just because of the fact we know that Ishii's going to be, uh, he has bigger fish to fry. Uh, Tenkozi, so Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima, oh, 5%. I I think it's five percent that they even make it through the whole tour. To be to be truthful, I think it's five yeah, percent. Tenzan, though, he, yeah. him, he's still doing a tour like this. Wow, maybe we should do the the Tenzan bump game. You know, count how many bump flat back bumps he takes in each match. Yeah, I I I promise you that you're going to find match. You know what? We're making this World Tag League interesting. We really are. So we have two. We have a couple things we will, we're going to look out for. One, we're looking out for the the Elgin Cobb smell smell Rama right. We're looking for how many flatback bumps? Smelgin. 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 You nailed it. Smelgin. Perfect. So we're, 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 we're keeping an eye out for Smelgin. We're keeping an eye out for uh, flatback uh, flat bumps from Tenzon, right? Uh, Over-under numbers we'll set. We'll have, like, daily odds. We'll be like DraftKings. We'll have, like, daily odds, and uh, we'll say, okay, over-under set at Three flat back bumps in this match. And we'll have a pool, we'll have winners. Joel, flat we, back bump, maybe for the entire tour, like yeah, cumulative bumps cumulative, for all his But that means we've got to watch yeah. every match, right? If we do it, like, we just, you know, we'll just pop on the Twitter be like, okay, this match against G.O.D., how many flat back bumps does Tenzan take? And we'll have a pool and we'll have a winner. And then as many times as we feel like doing it, then we can have a cumulative. We'll be like, Nicole wins the, the entire pool because she guessed how many flat back bumps Every single time, closest than anyone else. That sounds like fun, right? We could do that, right? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this tag league now. Right, see, look, see what we did. You know, not for nothing. New Don't Japan. accuse us of being negative anymore. Yeah. No, no other New Japan podcasts have been this positive about fucking Tenkozy being in the World Tag League. Thank you. Right. I, th- I mean, seriously, we've made this. We've made the World Tag League between Smelgen. And which I'm dying. I think it's the funniest thing ever. Smelgan and uh, Tenzan Bump Challenge. Ten, the Tenzan Bump Challenge, and I'm sure we'll come up with something wacky too. But we 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 gave you two things to hang your hat on to watch these things. You're welcome, New Japan. Oh, okay. I got another one. I got another one. Matches I'm looking forward to. Right, Hinare and Makabe against uh, God. How many fuck? Are they going to say? Oh, how because many- you remember that that Wrestle Kingdom Eleven match where Makabe and God were just like "fuck yes. you." Yes. So we'll set an. All right. So when did, did we do? Do we know when Makabe God fuck challenge? Yep. Uh, let's, what, yeah. Let me look that up. When is that match? So we have. To- it might take me a while because there's fucking hundreds of shows I've got to click <laughs> through, but I will find it. Right. So we'll set we'll set that the the night before the day before we'll we'll send out the tweet. Yeah, the, the 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 fuck challenge. Uh, we'll set the over under number of the of the amount of fucks we'll hear during that match, and we'll have a winner there. Maybe we'll maybe maybe we'll have a prize. You know, I've got a lot of uh, New Japan type stuff here: autographs and eight by tens and uh, t shirts and signed magazines and shit. I'm sure I could get rid of something, right? My wife would be thrilled. To be quite honest with you. Uh, yeah, so maybe we do that. So uh, right, uh, three things. People, get excited for World You are not going to get this kind of positivity anywhere else. Nowhere else. I guarantee you, here's what you're going to get. 
Oh, well, you're going to get basically the, the, us opening the World Tag League segment of, Jesus Christ, we're going to sit through this shit. <laughs> but now we're pumped. We talked ourselves into it. Uh, and you're not going to get that anywhere else. You're not. We, we have saved. Here's what we've done. We have saved the month of November and December for you, New Japan fan. We have done it for you. Yeah, I, I've just I've got so many coming into my head now. How many successful nut shots is uh, Yano going to land throughout the tournament? There's there's plenty of stuff. Send us your ideas, listeners. Let's let's make this fun. Yeah. Let's make the World Tag League fun. There you go. Yeah, send us your yeah. That's not a bad idea too. That idea of hey, send us your ideas of how we can get through this World Tag League. We gave you three. We have three on the table right now. If you come up with maybe one or two more, we have a nice little pool, a little parlay action. This, this would be great. I'm excited for World Tag League. Look at us. Look at us go. All right. Maybe we can get a comms Pete, Pete Donahue, to do a little Google Doc for us for the World Tag League. Oh, would Pete be up for that? Pete is a good guy. He really <laughs> helps us out. Pete, if you're up for this... I don't want to push my luck with Pete, actually. Yeah. World Tag League, I mean, that's a big ask, isn't it? It, is, it really is. He might need it to get a little special something. We might need to send him something, a little gift, a little uh, token of our appreciation if he gets into this World Tag League, Doc. Um, but if he's... Listen, if he's up for it, we're up for it. We can come up with a couple things. Uh, that this, this, we, can make, we can make this fun. Listen, how many times has people told you, Joel, you got to watch a fucking, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to come up with two Premier League teams, and I don't even know if they're boring or not. Um, or, you you know, whatever. Everton and fucking Swansea, right? You got to sit through that. You got no rooting interest, whatever. But you throw in a little money into it, right? You throw in a little gamble into it. And lo and behold, now you got an interest in this match, right? Same thing here. World Tag League. Let's spice it up a little bit. Let's get a little bit of interest. So we got a lot of things we can look forward to. Um, three things we gave you, and, and we'll get some feedback from our listeners to make this more interesting. Uh, last team, uh, Nakanishi and Nagata. Zero percent. Well, one percent. Let's not go zero. Zero? We're going zero. Zero. Zilcho, no chance in hell. Okay. Uh, the other talking point from this tour is that there is no IWGP heavyweight champion Kenny Lesnar. I, I mean Kenny Omega <laughs> on this tour. Uh, there was an interview with him talking about how he's uh, busy going out into the world to drum up international support and how Tanahashi oh, never does that. Uh, yeah, is, does, that, does it bother you, the fact that he's not on this tour? Like I, I said, again, during the Power Struggle tour that I didn't really care whether or not we're getting Kenny Omega on the tour. You know, I could take it or leave it if he's going to be in multi-man tag matches. And the same applies here. But I do kind of think that we're getting pretty close to Wrestle Kingdom and at some point... You do need to be there face-to-face with Tanahashi to start building things up. So what do you think? Does it bother you that he's not on this tour? So the one side of it is it's World Tag League, right? So all he's going to do is sit there in multi-man tags. And uh, even if he did participate in the World Tag League, he's going to have you know, you know, somebody taking the falls for him. So I see that argument made a lot of, oh, it's the World Tag League. Take him off, have him rest, blah, 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 blah. But see, here's the problem. That's not the problem of of... Kenny Omega, that's that's the prop. That's the World Tag League. The World Tag League is boring. Like Kenny Omega should be on this tour, but the reason he's not on this tour is because nobody gives a fuck about it, right? That's that's the excuse that's being made. He's the champion. He should be there. 
the problem is is that World Tag League is such a snore fest that why the fuck would we waste it? Why would we have him there? There's no reason for him to be there. Uh, look, he went on a cruise to promote a brand, right, and to do more international uh, uh, goodwill. On a and dressing up like Toad from Mario Kart was a very, very important part of that. Yep, absolutely, right? Uh, to And he's on a cruise with people who already know him. Like, there's no one that went on that cruise that that went there saying, ah, oh, I have no fucking idea who the hell Kenny Omega is. And then, after that cruise being like, sign me up for Wrestle Kingdom, right? No one. So I don't, I don't understand this. Now he had a match with uh, who did he have a match with? Was it was it, uh, Phoenix? Uh, yeah, I heard it was very good. I'm looking forward to seeing that if it eventually comes out. Right. So I mean, you know, I can't you can't hand, hand wave that. That's that's a that's a nice sexy match right there. Right. Um, now I don't know if you heard this though. Speaking of champions and so forth, uh, Trent Beretta was supposed to wrestle Cody in Toronto. Uh, but that match got nixed. Cody got hurt. Um, so they they called off that match. So there was supposed to be that title defense from Cody for that uh, U.S. IWGP title on the Ring of Honor show that uh, apparently was pulled because Cody got hurt. So Yeah, well, someone obviously hasn't read the show notes, Damon, because oh. that was on the agenda later on when we do our Wrestle Kingdom 30 match announcements oh. preview. But uh, seeing as you brought it up... Uh, what what was your point on that? My point is is that uh, there's a lot of outside New Japan pro wrestling uh, stuff going on between many people in the elite. It's something that they do that again. Whether it's, I'd rather have Kenny Omega wrestle Phoenix than Ray Phoenix than uh, be in a multi man tag on World Tag League. Truth be told. If I have the opportunity to see different matches with him in, in that environment than in World Tag League, I'm, I'm going to be truthful. I really don't have that much of a problem with it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, also, we got Okada and Tanahashi teaming up for a few matches against the Bullet Club, which uh, should be quite exciting to see. Yep. I'm, I'm excited for that. I, I, I think that'll be... I don't, I don't know if historic is the word, but yeah, I mean, historic is the word. You know, considering the the few that they went through and uh, the history behind them. Yeah. That, that's there. There's another interesting take that you can get out of this world tag league. That's going to be a cool moment. The first time they actually, one of them tags in the other. I think the crowd are going to be quite hot for that. Do we know, do we know which, which show is their first one? Do we know that? Uh, I no, don't know. Yeah, no. no. We'll figure it out. It'll, it'll be announced. <laughs> All right, so uh, give me a prediction for the final send. Not that it matters because we're getting another three-way, possibly a four-way. But uh... <laughs> no, you know what? You're exactly fucking right. I, I I hate to I hate to be negative, Ned, but you know we wasted. Let's be truthful. We wasted time sitting through that junior tag league, and 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 those matches on paper were a thousand times better than what is expected on paper in the, on the world tag league, right? And at the end of the day, it was. Why did we watch this? Why was this even here? What? 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 Right? 
at the end of the day. And we know at the end of the day that that's what's going to happen because the young bucks are going to show up, tap somebody on the shoulder. There's going to be, hey, you didn't be – and then we're going to have a, a, that kind of mess, right? We, we, we know that's happening, right? So, okay. Uh, but in the finals, I'm going with uh, – I think it's going to be G.O.D. versus um, Sonata and Evil with Sonata and Evil uh, winning and then challenging and Young Bucks challenging in three-way at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm going to be optimistic here and say that it's going to be a three-way and not a four-way. So I think we'll get a final of Evil and Sonata against Killer Elite Squads in a rematch of the Wrestle Kingdom match. So they can have a good match. Evil and Sonata win. And then, as you say, Young Bucks come out. So we get a three-way at Wrestle Kingdom with Evil Sonata, the Young Bucks, and G.O.D. Because uh, there was some speculation that K.E.S. would be thrown in there as well. But in my booking, K.E.S. get eliminated in the final. So they've got no no call, no right to, to be in that Wrestle Kingdom match. So uh, Mikey says, World Tag League has been largely seen as downtime for fans. Was there ever a World Tag League that was awesome slash must-see? Uh, Joel and Damon, if you have booking powers, how would you guys make it interesting and relevant? Well, we've just done that without actually having to change the booking. So it is now interesting and relevant because of us. Uh, was there ever a good World Tag League? In recent years? I'd really, I'm really racking my brain, to be truthful. And it really depends on your definition of what good is. Um, not, I mean, in recent years, no. I, I, I hate to be that guy, but finals were always, you know, produced a good match. Finals, you, you would tune in for. But I, you know, I, I think every year that we I've done this podcast, it's been... If I weren't doing this podcast, well, I wouldn't be watching all these matches. Um, maybe, um, you know, no, I, I, I no, I, I, sorry, I can't. Nothing comes to mind that stands out aside from finals matches for World Tag League in in modern times. No. Now we have a question here from Joe Gagney, who's a five star match game host. Yeah. Have you ever been on the five star match game, Damon? Certainly have. I uh, took on. And how Joe did you do? Lanza. I took on that Joe Lanza. Uh, did well in the beginning, but then fell apart at the end. And uh, Joe Lanza defeated me. Uh, but it was fun. Yeah. It, it, I, I talked about it on, on this show uh, how you get nervous and you get, like, even the easiest things, you start second guessing and you don't know the questions. You don't know the questions beforehand, and it's it is you do get nervous and you do kind of uh, choke a little bit. So, are you are you going to be on soon? No, I just wanted to make fun of you for losing and forgetting oh. about Kamatachi. And <laughs> was it was it the Yoyogi National yeah, yeah, Park exactly. Gymnasium that you, that you got right. wrong as well? No, I got that one right. Oh, you got that right. You got that right. Okay, because right, I knew that one from the the train stops in the JR line. Yoyogi, I, I knew, I remember that. So, uh, you know, yeah, Kamatachi is where the, where I shit the bed. Um, and I was like, oh, I can't believe I fucking missed that one. But, yep, that was me. Anyway, so uh, Joe has a question for us. At yay or nay, swapping Tag League and Best of Super Juniors on the calendar. Tag League takes place in May and has all the big names. Best of Super Juniors is in December and the winner gets a shot at Wrestle Kingdom. Huh. Um... On the surface, I like it. Uh, I'm trying to really think of like logistics and where would you go wrong with that and how would that be and blah, 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 blah. Uh, 
I can't really think of anything off the top of my head where that would be an issue or a problem or a challenge. Is is it the case that they put the World Tag League here because everyone's kind of taking it easy and you're protecting the the big names from Wrestle Kingdom and best of Super Juniors? There's higher work rate, people are taking bigger risks, and there's a chance of people getting hurt. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I mean, that would be the logical way to look at it, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, it, it might just be something as simple as oh, this is how we do it, you know, and this is where it's done. Uh, Tradition, but yeah, I mean that's you. You could certainly look at it and be like, okay, this is the time where people just are going to heal some bruises. I mean, look, G one is is a grind, and and it, it's it's tough on those guys. I don't think anybody will will argue that point. Do we need a six month rest? <laughs> because really, that's what it feels like to a certain degree. Um, Nah, I, I I wouldn't have a problem switching it. I'm mean, I'm really trying to think of a, a good reason why you wouldn't, and I I can't come up with any. I th- I I wouldn't have no problem with that switch. Joe came up with a really exciting alternative roster for the World Tag League. So this is it. Obviously, not all of these are possible, but just goes to show what they could have done if they wanted to. So Golden Lovers, Young Bucks. Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr., Okada and Tanahashi, G.O.D., Killer Elite Squad, Kojima and Tenzan, Cody and Adam Page, Goto Ishii, Evil Sonata, Best Friends, Naito and Shingo, Elgin and Cobb, and Jay White and Bad Luck Farley. Right. I so, mean, there, if they wanted to, they could put on a really killer World Tag League. Right. No, you nailed it. it uh, isn't that amazing? Is that, that To me, that is a... a a lineup, a superstar lineup, and yeah, you you. I think that hurts even more. Like seeing what pot. I mean, and again, we know why we're not doing what we're doing. We're not stupid. Well, we are stupid, but that's. It's more of hey, th- th- this is this is what it could be, and this is what it is, um, and that's why it feels second rate, B level, just kind of there for these months. Yeah, uh, well, let's get into some of the Wrestle Kingdom 13 match announcements. So, first of all, we've got the junior tag three-way. So, we've got Kanemaru and Desperado against Rapongi 3K against Shingo and Bushi. So, begs the question, does it render the Super Junior Tag League pointless? Because, I mean, I guess now, looking back on it, the primary function of the Tag League was to introduce Shingo and give Naito and Kenny a break. But just nobody gets over in three-way matches. Like, looking at... Wrestle Kingdom 12, we have Rapongi 3K against the Young Bucks, and that straight tag match got Rapongi 3K over, even in defeat. And you can't really tell much of a story with a three-way, especially with a three-way tag where you've got six men in it. And the match will be good. It was good at uh, Power Struggle. I'm sure it will be good here, but a straight tag match would have been better. I just think you, you decide in July who your top two teams are, who do you want the Wrestle Kingdom match to be, and stick with that. Everyone else goes in the multi-man clusterfuck. Bad luck. And there was a tweet from Alan Forrell who said, figured out why I hate triple threats. For the most part, there is exceptions, obviously. No triple threat is interesting because they all work the same. The participants rarely matter, so I'm bummed when I see a guy I like in one. Make interesting singles matches instead. And uh, it's hard to argue with that. It's, this is a match that we have seen three times already, and now we're going to see it a fourth time. So it's a, a bit of a disappointment. 
you said it. I mean, I don't think there's anything I can add to that. It's 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 the same old. Same, it's and again, match is great. Eight minutes of of a sprint. It's, it's always a good match, and and it's not like we're we're people can listen to this and be like, well, you're complaining about having a good match. We just there's there's good matches and there's good impactful matches, and you're kind of hoping that you have the opportunity throughout a calendar year to to do to accomplish both goals and it does feel like this is a last minute decision it's like a last minute gift card christmas gift you know <laughs> that's really what it feels like um so okay that's uh it is what it is and uh i can't say that i'm thrilled with the idea of a of a th- three way but the participants in there are all talented and i'm sure they'll make it a fun match and we got Kazuch got a card against Jay White with their grudge match. Uh, quite looking forward to this one. I think we'll see a better showing from Jay White than we did at last year's Wrestle Kingdom, which wasn't bad, but obviously he was still finding his feet. They got the backstory here. I think this could be a very fiery match. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think this one will be... Uh, this one, it won't be the best match, but I think this will steal a show. And I think the expectations people going into it are not low but a little you know they're not the expectations aren't super high like most okada matches i think this will be great i'm 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 putting all my chips on jay white to deliver a performance um and if he does that will catapult him into that breakthrough because i feel like there's a lot of people that are still on the fence when it comes to jay white Again, character work aside, they just want to see that one great match. Well, you got a dance partner in there that can produce a great match um, on a big stage. Uh, this is this is the time to do it. So uh, I'm going to go out and be positive and predict a breakthrough performance from Jay White. For the junior heavyweight title, we got Taiji Ishimori against Kushida. I think this has got the potential to steal the show. Um, Ishimori's had a really, really good start. His match with Hiromu may well end up being my match of the year, and Kushida is Kushida. Kushida's awesome, so very, very high ceiling on this one. Yep, I think uh, you know, I think a lot of people have the main event circled as as the, the potential match of the night. This one is right up there, and, and when Ishimori showed up and took off that Bone Soldier mask, and this is what we were waiting for. This is what we wanted. Now it's here, and I think this will deliver big time, and expectations are high, so I, I am super excited for this. And, yeah, this does have a, have a uh, you know, when we talk about year-end awards, we always talk about, we always look at Wrestle Kingdom matches first. And Wrestle Kingdom matches and Wrestle Kingdom shows, especially the second half, right, the main event and semi-means and all the title defenses, it feels to me like that show sets the bar for the remainder of the year. So you look at Kushida and Ishimori, and that's going to be one of those matches that sets the bar for the year, right? Um, big big stakes, big spotlight. Everything that Joel likes to check box off uh, is here. So, yep, I'm, I'm expecting big things from this match. And we've got Chris Jericho against Tetsuya Naito for the Intercontinental title. Now, I don't want to hand wave this one because it's going to be a good match. It was really good at Dominion. Chris Jericho... Uh, has had an excellent year. All his matches have delivered. And this is a big, it's a high profile match, even if hardcore Naito fans are not excited with it. And and again, I don't want to dismiss that because personally, I think he should be doing better things than this, but 
if you look uh, on international scale, this is a match that people are going to be excited in and there'll be a lot of casual fans who will tune in and watch a Naito match that they otherwise might not have done. So I think it will be a really good match, but doesn't make me that excited. Well, I, I, I agree with a point that you made in that Naito is in a very high-profile spotlight match where you are going to get a ton of casuals for Chris Jericho for a Wrestle uh, Wrestle Kingdom show, right? We all know that there's a ton of people that tune in for a Wrestle Kingdom and don't watch a lot else in G1. And Chris Jericho, we know, is a name that brings people to the table. Naito is going to be in a very high-profile match. Probably... On an international scale, the most high-profile match on the show. So think of, for the 92 fans that might be disappointed in the fact that he's in this match, and I don't see why you would be disappointed, but this match is important. It's the second most important title in in the company. It is important. But from a general growth of New Japan, keep in mind that this match is really carrying that torch, right? So if you're looking for a little silver lining in this, Naito is being exposed to a larger audience than anyone else on this show. So uh, that's a positive. And the company trusts Naito in that spot. Um, I think this match will be great. My only concern is is that I just don't want it to be cookie-cutter Chris Jericho match. And it feels like we might get a lot of that feeling, right, in, in his matches so far in New Japan. They've all been very good. He's been – he's overshot my expectations – I just want to see something a little bit different, possibly, hopefully. Um, but again, high-profile match. I think this will be great. Naito wins the title, and, and away we go. Yeah, you made a good point, actually. Um, think about it like this. The Kenny Omega-Chris Jericho match was used to shine a spotlight on Kenny Omega for the casual fans, and that was used to propel him into becoming IWGP heavyweight champion. So if you want to be really optimistic, you could say that Naito being handpicked to get the Jericho treatment, to get all those casual Western eyes on him, could be to establish him uh, as a huge name and eventually have him win the title later on next year. But again, I I totally accept if you're a Naito fan and you don't buy that and you've seen it too many times before, Fine, that's the but thing. Uh, just just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, that's the and thing. also they, they right. Had the carrot. Okay, you got yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, Chris Jericho knows that his job on this show is to get Naito over to the international audience and make him into an absolute star. I know he's already a star, but again, there'll be a lot of first-time people watching him. So his job is going to be to go out there and to make Naito a star for those people who are seeing him for the first time. And I have faith in Chris Jericho that he's going to be able to do that. Nailed it. Yep, exactly right. Now, again, the 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 issue that I feel like Naito fans have is that they've they've had this carrot dangled in front of them, so they're a little gun shy of that. And it is going to involve a little bit of patience on their part, right? Because again, we're talking about next year's Wrestle Kingdom, a year away. So, uh, but yeah. Well, I mean, no, I, I think he'll win the title before then. I think there's a good chance of him winning it at so? Dominion and then holding it up until Wrestle Kingdom, but. Yeah. I, either way, a bit of patience required. If he hasn't won it by next year's Wrestle Kingdom, then we can close the book on that and yeah. take a big L. Yeah, but yeah, uh, at, at the very least, he'll be the main event at Wrestle Kingdom, right? So if he's defending the title, it going in, or or if he wins it there, whatever the case may be, he'll be 
he'll be in the position that Naito fans want him to be in. Um, and yeah, I think that the Chris Jericho thing is is a catalyst for that. Um, and just like you said, he's there to make Naito a bigger star than what he is. Um, and that's a positive. That's a good thing. So if you're a Naito fan, that's that's what you're going into this show uh, looking forward to. The kind of the spark that's going to light the powder keg for Naito in 2019. So much positivity on the Super J cast today. Uh, and I another so. big positive, we've got uh, Zack Sabre Jr. against Tommy Ishii for yes. the Rev Pro British heavyweight title. Who will be the champion of the British? Uh, now, this match is not official yet, but fingers crossed it will be. Uh, TJ, uh, I just want to give a shout out to TJ, who started up a Wrestle One Twitter page, which you can follow at W1 underscore ENG. So give that a follow because there's some good stuff happening in Wrestle One at the moment. So TJ asks, I know we just want Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ishii straight up, but Devil's Advocate, if they want to make this triple threat kingdom at Wrestle Kingdom 13 who do you have pin ZSJ or Ishii during the World Tag League to be added to the match but please God just let it be a singles match I just don't trust them um, any chance this becomes a triple threat I mean I guess if it was anyone then you could throw Suzuki into that match to make it three way uh, you know we may as well just call the show Triple Mania but uh, surely they'll just keep it as a singles match I'm, I'm on my hands and knees praying to the wrestling gods let's just make this a singles match there is again. There is one guy that is standing out like a sore thumb so far who doesn't have a singles match, and that is Suzuki. Just just saying that out loud. But um, dear pro wrestling god up in heaven, let's just make this a singles match, please, please. Um, that's what everybody wants, uh, and, and the excitement online that where people were were, were getting wind of the, of the angle that happened on that Rev Pro show. We, that's what we want. That Talking about people getting what they want and giving the people what they want, that is what we want. Zach Ishii's singles match at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't think we could ask for anything more. How long do you think they get? How many minutes? Well, that's going to be tough. I mean, Wrestle Kingdom shows are like four or five hours. Uh, you got to give them over 10, right? You got to give them over 10. So I'm saying I'm going to go with 14 minutes. Yeah, I think that would be good. I think you could tell a really good story in 14 minutes. So I was just yeah. looking up sumo things and I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> it's the start of the Kyushu Basho. I'm excited. I love sumo. It's a good jumping on point for any new listeners. But yeah, this ZSJ Ishii match, they've had great matches before. This is going to bang. Hopefully they get a decent amount of time to do it. 14 minutes, please. I'll be happy with that. Um, so that means we have nothing as yet for Goto, Ibushi, Osprey, Elgin, Suzuki, Evil, Tanada, Moretta, Cody, Juice, The Young Bucks, Bad Luck Farley, and Marty Skull. So we've speculated. Evil and Sonata, they're probably going to be in the tag match. They're going to win the World Tag League. Uh, Young Bucks, they'll probably be in that tag match as well. And we've still got some big names there. Goto. I mean, Goto's going to have a... Well, let's... Question first. Question first. Nicole. The awesome Nicole from uh, who runs our Discord for us. If we're having so much trouble finding spots for guys at Wrestle Kingdom and people stuck in storyline limbo because not everyone can be active, any thoughts to trimming the roster? It's a bit of a bloated roster, isn't it, Damon? Well, if if everything that they say they want to do 
when it comes to Western expansion. Um, they can do, they can have people doing things. Um, it's just it feels like it they need help in creating those storylines and giving them something to do. It feels like to me, and I could be dead wrong, but it feels like to me that you know the one guy that everything's funneling through. It might be a lot to handle. And the one guy that's doing it has been doing it for years now. And there becomes a certain point where a booker does become burnout and a booker does become you know, exhausted with what is asked of him. And they focus on one certain area. There have been times where Ricky Choshu has taken care of the heavyweights and Liger has taken care of the book for the juniors. And I think that's a smart thing, right, to have that. And, and again – the meetings of the minds, they can kind of talk together amongst themselves to kind of say, okay, that that sounds like a good direction. I like that. I don't like this. But I, I like the idea of having someone run different things um, in the promotion because I think it becomes a little bit too much. Um, is, the, is the promotion bloated? <sighs> uh, I mean, we have the never six-man titles. For, the, for, for what feels like the sole purpose of having a match, having a gauntlet match at Wrestle Kingdom just to have people get on the show. And, we, and, we have a, and then on top of that, we have a battle royal, right? That we just, just to get people in on a show. So, yeah, either, either you, and, and here's the thing too, even with all those, those mixed multi-man tag matches wrestle wrestle kingdom still a five hour fucking show guys you know and there's no way to get around that so uh, you know either either you're going to have a six seven hour wrestle kingdom or some people aren't making the show or you're going to have matches like rumbles and and schmazes for six-man titles where where people that you feel like should be on a show or in i mean how do you how do you tell Marty Skrull, you're not on Wrestle Kingdom, right? How do you tell Fale? How do you tell Dale that he's not on Wrestle Kingdom? How do you tell um, Yano he's not in Wrestle Kingdom? Right? How do you tell Elgin he's not in Wrestle Kingdom? You just you got to fucking just shove him in and and give him a spot. They they earned it. They've earned, those, those those names earned it. Well, let's speculate on what other matches we might get. So, the New Bloods, Evolution, Valiantly, Eternal, and Radical title. Uh, Teak says, I know they seem to be keeping the never options open in regards to what happens in the Dome, but is there any likelihood that instead of yet another triple threat, they have Goto drop it to Ibushi at the World Tag League final, or no, because that would leave Goto out in the cold? So, what do you think happens with the uh, never openweight title match? Uh, it happens. It, you know, it's. I think Ibushi and and Goto happens, and, and or Osprey, again, maybe, or Osprey, right? Right. It depends. It really depends on how Osprey feels. Another three way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if if Osprey says, "Okay, I'm good to go," what do you do with him? Do you give him the title shot? Then what do you do with Ibushi? What I would do personally is on one of those Road to Wrestle Kingdom Krakowin shows, have got to drop it to Ibushi. Yeah, have. Okay, now here's the thing. Um, there are some matches 
set up for this uh, World Tag League tour uh, where we have Goto working against Ibushi on opposite sides in six-man tag matches. So I've got it here. It's Knights 2 and Knights 5. So Goto, Goto on one side, Ibushi on the other side. So I think it's pretty likely that Ibushi pins Goto in one of those matches to set up a challenge. But yeah, we still got Osprey on the sidelines. Um, I mean, how's this going to play out? Perhaps Ibushi gets a shot and wins the belt at one of those Road to Karakuen shows and Osprey challenges him for the Dome. That would be the best, I think. Or maybe we get Goto against Ibushi for the Dome. Or Goto, Ibushi, Osprey three-way. One of those. But my preference would be Ibushi, Osprey. But I get you can't really leave out Goto at this rate. Right. What do you do with them? Okay. And then and then there's, the, 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 again, there are other lower level people that what do you do with again Fale what do you do with Makabe what do you do with uh uh Nagata what do you do uh, are they just all rumble I mean just we're just tossing them in the, in there again Liger rumble Tiger Mask rumble um what about El Desperado he's in the junior tag team match oh you're ch- ch- okay right my bad my bad all right all right fuck me what about uh? You That's it. There's so many people in that fucking match that you forgot who they were. <laughs> I really, I, I really don't blame did. you, Damon. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm now I'm just going through the roster in my head. Like, uh, who else is? Who who are we missing? Who else? Who else doesn't have anything to do so far? Uh, I think we got everybody. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a problem, Nicole. That's a huge problem. It's, it is a big, fat, bloated roster, and and we're trying to shovel in ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Yeah, we've still got Yoshihashi on the shelf. He, he's missed out on this whole chaos angle, and you'd think he, he would have had some part to play in that. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Bad Luck Dale. Do you get the feeling that he is being phased out somewhat as a wrestler? Because I get the feeling he seems to be focusing a lot on the Farley Dojo and being a New Zealand talent liaison. Uh, I was saw an article today. hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Ite Lemalu writing uh, interview with Farley Dojo head trainer Tony Cozina, who's emphasising how he wants to bring discipline and respect and humility to the trainees and how the visibility of the dojo is growing. Uh, they've even got a trainee who came all the way from Israel. But back to my original point, it does seem that Farley's taken a, a step back in terms of in-ring stuff this year. Do you think that's a long-term thing? Mm, no, I don't think so. Uh, he's, he's, he's a valuable resource in that he always... All you got to do is just heat him up, and he's he's ready to go. And usually around New uh, New Japan Cup time is when you see that, right? Uh, no, he could be valuable still. He's a big guy, you know. He's still a threat to people. He's gotten big wins over big people, so I just don't. I mean, you can't. Let's put it this way: you can't lead Dale off the off the show. He's got to be there. Um, Odds-on favorite for the Rumble winner, maybe, maybe. Or you know, you know, never six man Schmazola. Yeah, I mean one of those two, but he's got to be on the show. Yeah, it could be the never six man, but then who's he going to tag with? Because it's not going to be God, and it's not going to be Ishimori because they already have matches, and it's not Jay White, obviously. So he's sort of running out of people to tag with there, unless it's G- Jado Ghetto. Ghetto, <laughs> Ghetto. Uh, what about? What's what's the uh, other uh, Bullet Club? What was it Hickey Laurie? What um, was his Hickaleo. name? Hickaleo. <laughs> right? We haven't heard I from him. I think he's still How's injured, he isn't he? Is he still hurt? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about the US title? So oh. there was a rumor that uh, Trent Beretta was going to win the belt 
and they were going to do Cody Trent too at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, as you mentioned, Cody's injured now. We don't know the extent of the injury. Do you think Trent versus Cody is a Wrestle Kingdom match? Because it seems that they do see Trent as a, a possible future Gaijin star. Or alternatively, how about a three-way between Cody, Trent and Juice? What about Hangman Page? Fine, throw him in. Four-way. Done. Uh, I mean, seriously, there's, there's another name who who ha- has had a considerably... Uh, I don't want to say most improved year, but he'll be he'll be in the mix for most improved, no doubt. Um, Hangman Page, we haven't we haven't mentioned once, right? Are we doing a four way for that title, right? I mean, now we're getting now we're getting in in fucking madness world, right? How many multi man matches we'll have on one show? They can't possibly make that a four way, could they? Or even a three way, could they? Well, I don't. I wouldn't, don't put anything past them these days. But that would be that would be four, that would be what three, four multi-man tags or multi-man scenarios. Four. Uh, to me, it would just make sense to do Trent against Cody. Just stick with those two guys. Have Beretta going over, make him into a big star, let him have his moment, and then run with that. But again, that's leaving Juice Robinson out. Which is fine. Like again, you got to be ruthless when it comes to this stuff. Stick him in the the, the Schmoz match. Put him with Finley and Yano or whatever, whoever the stable mates are. Finley and Hinare. I don't know. But um, what do you think for the US title? I, I mean, I would prefer a singles match. But in my in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so you're going to give that a singles match, but you're not going to give Abushi Osprey a singles match because you got to shove Goto in there. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's weird. Um, and how long do you give them? How long do you give a Cody and Trent Beretta? Eight minutes. That's, that's it's good. You got to be in and out. Uh, yeah, look, that's a lot of ma- singles matches. Yeah, I mean they've had weirder scenarios. Look, they gave Cody and fucking Juice a singles match, so. But yeah, I think Cody- yeah, and on that same show they they had a, a Kylo Riley against Adam Cole match as well, which yep. a lot of people forget. Yep, that is correct. And that was that only like correct. ten minutes, but it, it was rushed. It was just like, oh, it's finished and kind of pointless. Yep, yep. Um, so c- could they do it? Yes. Could they do a, a Cody Trent? Yes. Um, it's going to be under ten minutes, and nobody will remember it. I hate to say it, but that's the truth. Okay, and uh, the never openweight six-man champions, of course, are G.O.D. and Taiji. So presumably they're going to drop the six-mans at one of those Road to Tokyo Dome shows at Karakuen. Those are December 14th and 15th because that's what happened last year when L.I.J. dropped them to G.O.D. and Fale. So I think that's pretty nailed on that's going to happen. So, Damon, give me a a wacky team of three guys that you think will win the six-man openweight tag titles and go into that multi-man gauntlet match. Um, oh Christ Almighty! Uh, um, I'll say Juice, Finley, and Taguchi. That's yeah, interesting. I was going to go Hanare myself, but Taguchi, yeah, he's got nothing on the table, has he? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I mean, seriously, okay. we have that could be another roster. competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Didn't you do something like this last year? 
I seem to recall yeah. you having a a little competition for predicting who the never six man champions would be. So let, let's throw that open again. Make that a competition. Who do you think will be the never six never overweight six man title holders going into Wrestle Kingdom? Great, going into Wrestle Kingdom. Who no what no who's who wins? Let's let's do who wins it at Wrestle Kingdom. What six man champion walks out of the Tokyo Dome with the titles? You want to do that? I want to do going into Wrestle Kingdom as well because I want to know who's going to win them beforehand. Okay. All right. So let's do that. So you got to give us two. You want to do two or you just want to go who's defending? Let's go with two. Make it a bit more difficult. All right. So there you go. People, we want to know who is holding on to those straps as they walk down the ramp at Wrestle Kingdom. And then we want to know who wins the Never Six Man titles at Wrestle Kingdom, they they exit the 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 building with those straps. Give us your winners, and I'll throw. <laughs> and then lose them at uh, New Year Dash the next <laughs> dash. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So make it. Let's make it. Let's make it a, a trifecta. So tell us. We want to know who walks into the dome with the titles. Who walks out of the dome with the titles? And then do they? Walk out of, or are they still the champions? Yeah, who walks out of Caracas in a, a New Year Dash with those yes. titles? So exactly right. So there you go. those three, another triple I, threat, a triple, another our, our own triple threat, the Super JKS triple threat, and I will throw in a prize. Um, I'm looking around my office here and see what I can give away. Um, I'll send you some crisps from China. All right, and I'll send you something New Japan related. Um, that I will give away, whether it's a book or it's a uh, eight by ten autograph of somebody, or I got something in here. I'll, we'll make it a surprise, but you'll get something. So again, but that's nine men you got to pick. This is not yeah. easy. No, it's not. It's not, and you got to be exactly right. You got to be exactly right. So there could be a possibility of no one getting a gift, but if you nail these three, you're getting something from us. You know what? Fuck okay. it. Here's what I'll do. Here's what. Here's what I'll do. I'll. Here's what I'll do. If you get all three. I will buy you, I will purchase it, a Super JKS t-shirt. Okay? Boom. What What a prize. Right? This is so exciting. We're making chicken salad out of chicken shit, well and truly, on the Super Jcast. We really are. So, again, give us the winners. We'll, we'll get in contact. You pick out the design, the size. I will buy you a t-shirt. Excellent. Um, next question. At Sonrisa de Hiromu says, uh, Minoru Suzuki should be in a nice spot at Wrestle Kingdom, but he probably won't get it. Any ideas for him? And Goldfather, what does Minoru Suzuki do at Wrestle Kingdom 13? A six-man gauntlet, US title match with Cody. Can't see any other options. So putting the uh, let's dust off the Super J-Cast branded gun. You know, we, we, we've already buried guns on this show, but uh, <laughs> gun to your head, Damon. Suzuki, what's he up to at Wrestle Kingdom? <sighs> Fuck all I find out. Um, let's say six man. Let's say six man. Tai Chi and Izuka. That's yep, that's the best I can do. Do they win it? The, There's an option. There's an option. Uh, I went with the Taguchi team, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 let's put it this way that, that's not a bad one to put in the mix for the t shirt, right? Somehow they wind up with them. Um, that's, not a, that's not a bad name to throw in the mix. So uh, I'll go, I'll go Gauntlet. All right, let's dig into some of the Discord questions. So Tyler said, Damon said that Naito is the Nakamura in the... It's very late and I'm tired and I've got a bad throat. 
Damon said that Naito is in the Nakamura IC title slot right now. If Nakamura does indeed return to New Japan, where does that leave Naito on the card? Well, I've already said I think Naito is going to get a big push next year. I see him holding the championship before long. So uh, what about you? If Nakamura comes back, where does that leave Naito? I agree. I agree. I think Nakamura in that role would be the Nakamura. Right? He would remain as the Nakamura, um, whose job it is to help other establish other stars. Um, and it's certainly not, a, not not an old grizzled veteran kind of thing. But um, yes, I think Naito kind of takes that next level and, and moves up, and, and Nakamura sits soundly in his Nakamura role. Did Nakamura ever cross paths with Ingobernably uh, Naito? Because that was 2016, wasn't it? Didn't Nakamura leave after Wrestle Kingdom 10, I want to say? And then was that before or after Naito did the El Ingobernable gimmick? Yeah, he left. um, And, well, so Nakamura... Nakam, no, yeah, no, he was still doing. He was he was in Los Ingo Bernabas mode because in G one twenty five where Naito or, or excuse me where um, uh, Tanahashi beat Nakamura, he was Naito was doing Naito, you know he was doing his Los Ingo Bernabas. I was there, so he they were there at the same time, but then that. Uh, that coming Wrestle Kingdom was his last one. So, and then that New Year Dash, he was, or not that New Year Dash, but, the, you know, you know the whole story. Um, soon after, he did, Nakamura did a tour, and then that was that. So, yes, they but they never crossed paths. They never crossed paths. Yeah, I'm looking at the blocks for that G1. So, that was the what, 2015 G1. So, Nakamura... And uh, yeah, they were in separate blocks, so that will be a fun match. I would love to see Nakamura against Naito. Yep, yep, that's something you can hang your hat on to if, if and when that happens. Yep, sure. Okay, uh, Vase Collector says, Was Sakuraba the last NJPW MMA crossover athlete? Huh, Sakuraba, there's a name we haven't heard in a, in a long time. Chaos member. Wonder what, I wonder what his takes are in this chaos situation. I wonder where he's, uh, his, his uh, alliances, allegiances, alliances. Uh, was he the last MMA guy? Uh, I mean, do you do you did you ever watch the the Gracie, uh, Sakuraba mixed tag? Oh, what a horrendous thing with the Gracies and and Nakamura. Oh, and Nakamura would come in with his gi. Ugh, terrible. Um, yeah. I'll say yes, because, I mean, there's pro wrestlers that have had MMA training, but nobody is famous or as serious as as Sakuraba um, that I can recollect. So, yeah, I would say that or th- that and the, the, him and the Gracie's um, involvement. Yeah, that would probably be the last two major names from for New Japan. Uh, there's also another question. It says uh, Nakanishi and Nagata haven't been around, nor Tenzan. Did they just stop getting booked, or did I miss some sort of retirement s moment? Well, they are back, obviously, all of them for the World Tag League. But the question is, when old timers retire, what's the typical ProRes or NJPW protocol for calling it quits or sending them off? Um, 
trying to think of the last one because nobody really retires. Right? Um, I'm trying to think of the they they have ceremony ceremonies um, in the ring where, but it's usually I got to be honest with you, it's usually like injury wise, right? Where a guy gets hurt or a guy has some type of medical thing that warrants him to not wrestle anymore. Um, they'll have like a ceremony and they'll have a, 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 a presentation and, and all kinds of stuff like that. But usually, like I said, nobody retires in pro wrestling uh, from age. Uh, it's usually a, a health-related thing where they have to announce that they, they are no longer competing in the ring. Yeah, I think you raise an interesting point here. There's a lot of guys who are just sticking around and I think it's contributing to this uh, bloat of the roster. But uh, yeah, good question there. Um, Jared says, on this week's cast, the guys started talking about matches they'd like to see Ishii have at Wrestle Kingdom for the British title. I'm surprised the rematch with Walter wasn't one of the options thrown out. I think that would slay. Would that be pants down match for you guys? Um, Did you see the original Ishii against Walter match? I did, yes. Good, very good. I liked it a lot. Um, and I love Walter a lot, um, but if you're going to ask me if I'd rather have Zach versus Ishii or Walter versus Ishii, I'll, I'll take Zach. I'll, I'll say, I'll, 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 I think it's a more. Um, I don't know. I'm really psyched up for that match. Um, I, I want that at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Jeff says, interesting theory. Feel free to ignore. But what if Dave Source wasn't the elite, but rather other Gaijins upset with the Gaijin monopoly held at the top of the card by the elite? And perhaps this new regime plans on giving them special treatment and maybe they don't care as much about the rest. I will say this. I know that there are pro wrestlers in every promotion, New Japan Pro Wrestling included, that give Dave Meltzer information. We can, we can leave it at that or not. I know for a fact that there are other pro wrestlers uh, outside of the elite that give Dave Meltzer information um, in, 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 in New Japan and in other promotions. 100% fact. So, I mean, that's, that is what it is. Because guess what? <laughs> when I was doing this dumb shit like in a locker room, there were there were more observers than like everybody would have not everyone would have but there'd be like at least three or four different copies of people with the observer and you'd be like oh let me can I see that when you're done can I read that when you're done it was, and and these were people that were names like people that were names were reading the observer right so it's like this idea and this nonsense that like Dave doesn't he's just a fucking dirt the fucking people in the business read it and and give him information and he talks to people and that, that there's nothing wrong with that that's that's called being a journalist it's like you know when i go to hockey games and cover football games and i cover hockey games and basketball games baseball games you know the beat writers have players phone numbers right and their email addresses and stuff like that to confirm information and to talk to them off the record and stuff like that it's called being a journalist that's what it is that's how you establish a rapport with to, to to get information, uh, I don't I don't know where people fucking get off on like like people feeding. I don't know, whatever. It it happens everywhere. They, they, that that one that one thing where I was just going to leave it as a sentence turned into nine paragraphs. So um, yes, <laughs> okay. people, other uh, other people gave him give him information. Yes. All right, let's dig into the tw- Twitter questions then. Uh, Voices of Wrestling writer Griffin who. Uh, Appeared on Music of the Mat recently. A very good episode about Kane, I believe. And uh, Griffin, I'm waiting for the Sumo cast. When's it coming out? Uh, Griffin asked, which of the four... 
Yes. Well, I think it I don't know. There were a few people who said they were going to be doing something like that, but I want it. It's about time. Uh, Griffin says, which of the four American young lines do you think has the most potential of breaking out and reaching the top of the car before the others? And what do you think will happen to New Japan should the entirety of the elite uh, leave the company after Wrestle Kingdom? Now, I haven't seen any of the American young lines, so I will save that question until some of their stuff makes tape. Uh, the second question, what will happen to New Japan should the elite leave the company after Wrestle Kingdom? Um, they'll have no problems whatsoever. It's happened before where big names have left. They'll just slide other names up the card, restock that bench. So if uh, Omega goes, then your Gaijin ace becomes Jay White. And tag teams, I mean, the Bucks are gone, but you know, there are plenty of tag teams. You could easily stick someone else in there. Uh, there's so many names you could put, like, you know, have Rapongi 3K move up to heavyweight or, you know, have Evil and Sonata having an extended push with it. There's loads of stuff you could do. Like, honestly, I, I don't think it would affect things much at all if the Elite left. The only thing that, it, honestly, it would impact is disappointment to a lot of the people that are, are planning to go to that Madison Square Garden show. I mean, because when tickets went on sale, the expectation was Kenny Omega being there and Bucks being there. That's 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 truthful. Um, I think maybe from a T-shirt sale and a, and a merchandise sale, yes, they might see that impact. Aside from that, the card-wise, now New Japan's pretty smart in making stars and taking care. I mean, people were saying the same thing when AJ left, right? Oh, my God, what the fuck is – how are they going to do this? They're going to put Kenny Omega in that spot? That's uh, he's, he's a junior, and he's wacky, and he's goofy, and he's uh, – well, okay. Here, look, look at where we are now. Oh my God, Nakamura left. This company's going to die. And, and, and okay, we're, look at where we are. So no, no worries there. It happens. It's you know, it's it, people even text me. They're like, Oh my God, Ring of Honor. They fucking what are they going to do? They got nobody. But it's they they've had it before. They've lost Joe. They've lost Punk. They lost Brian Daniels. They lost uh uh you know uh, uh Seth Rollins. They've lost uh. Uh, punishment Martinez. Punishment, you know, and they and they've still made it okay. So it's it's the nature of the business. They'll be fine. Everybody will be fine. It's cycle, rebuild stars, make new stars, and away we go again. Uh, ben says, "Do you think the Rev Pro? Ow, Scabby's biting me. He's gone all sideways. You know when cats go all sideways when they sort of arch their backs and the tail goes all puffy. He's on the bed next to me, and every time I turn my back." He, he will run up to me and either bite my arm or just sort of push me. Just a little tap on the hand. Little bastard. Anyway, Ben says, Do you think the Refro British heavyweight title has become more important than the ROH world title in NJPW's eyes? And there was a reply from this uh, Kevin. He said, I think it's more important to fans in Japan because it's on people that the Japanese fan base care about. And I think that's pretty much my take as well. If you look at people who've been holding it recently, guys like Ishii, Suzuki, Shibata... Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., those are people that Japanese fans care about. And I think yep. that is why it's uh, more important in New Japan than the ROH title is. I agree 100%. And you can go back to when, the, the if you want to say the peak relationship between Ring of Honor and and New Japan, you know, Ishii was holding on to, to some of their titles. And uh, that, it just makes sense. Um, yeah, I agree 100%. Alright, uh, at Ingobernables20 has been posting this question every week and I've been ignoring it but I'm going to deal with it now. How big is the universe? It's 46 billion light years, stop asking me. 
Uh, next question, Tyler. Any tips on how to arrange your sleep schedule for optimum Wrestle Kingdom viewing live? Living in Minnesota, it will start around one a.m. for me. So, Damon, some tips on watching Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. So I'm in the same boat. I'm on the East Coast, uh, a little bit different, but uh, one, you got to prepare before. So uh, you know, get your energy drinks, your monsters, your Red Bulls, your five hour and en- five hour energy. Literally is. I said literally. I'm sorry. It's not literally liquid cocaine because that would be illegal in the United States. Uh, but it is very similar to liquid cocaine in the sense that you take that and you're fucking rolling. So um, stock up beforehand, right? Uh, try and take a nap if you can during the day. If, if you can afford that, take, do that. Um, and obviously schedule some vacation time. You might want to take a vacation day or two. Um, you're going to be dead the next day. Try and power through. But um, actually, here's the thing: for the past couple of Wrestle Kingdoms th- that I watched here at home, like I will be doing this year, for fuck's sake, um, I've been actually amped up afterward. So I would go to a diner afterward and get breakfast and talk wrestling with some friends, and then crash out about eleven o'clock in the morning. So uh, it's not as bad as it seems. It's it, actually the beginning part is the worst part because some of the most matches you kind of just like, oh my god, and you start falling asleep. Uh, power up, get some uh, Red Bull, get something to eat, make it, make it a, you know, make it a good, good, you know, prepare is, is my best advice. Prepare. We've got a couple of questions here about Wrestle Kingdom matches. John says, which championships change hands at this year's Wrestle Kingdom? Has there been a year where all the singles titles change hands? And Big T says, so history has shown that the G1 winner never beats the champion at Wrestle Kingdom. I swore Naito would do it last year, but alas, is Tanner the one to finally break the tradition. I foresee a lot of belts switching hands earlier. Doubt all of them do. Now, we have got plenty of time to break down Wrestle Kingdom. So I might, would you say we put those on ice until we got a full card announced and then we can give you our picks for Wrestle Kingdom. It's a bit bit too early to be doing that, but we, we got your questions. We'll keep them in the bag. Uh, Connell says, how do you, oh, Connell, this is the super person who sent me my Zack Sabre Jr. t-shirt. How do you feel about Naito having to use two Destinos to put away his opponents? Could this be a catalyst for a new finisher or something else? Also, who in LIJ has the best masks? Well, it's clearly Bushi because he's I, he must be really rich because he comes out with a new mask each time and the most recent offering, like the the, uh, the time bomb one with the dynamite in his mouth, that was awesome. So Bushi's got the best masks. And it seems like there's the little half Destino, like the running Destino, which doesn't count as a full Destino that people always kick out of and then he's got to do another full Destino to actually get the win I, I don't really like the Destino I think it's a bit of a clunky finisher I think he, he could use something else dare I say a Stardust press but uh, what about you your thoughts on the Destino um, I mean you know you look at the high fly, high fly flow you know a lot of times he's got to hit one or two on those Right? No, I don't have a problem with him hitting multiple ones to finish somebody off. Um, that's fine. I, uh, that, that's. I mean, it's not like he has to hit, you know, seven F fives to 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 is an acceptable number for me. Okay, uh, Jake says on the NJP, NJPW roster as of today, which wrestler is underperforming their skill level the most? Some may suffer from limiting gimmicks. Some may have had very poor match layouts that didn't exhibit their obvious strengths, striking, selling, mat wrestling, etc. So, who's underperforming their skill level the most? I would, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Jay White, I think the gimmick has meant that he's not able to have those clean finishes that uh, we come to expect from matches. So uh, that would be my answer. 
but uh, I wouldn't necessarily put that blame on Jay himself. Yeah, given given the the status of where he is on the show and on the card, yeah, I think Jay White's your answer right there. Uh, here's an interesting one. Matt says, now that Jericho has had his run in NJPW, do you think that other older established stars might see NJPW as a place to go earn some big money and have a couple of big matches before they retire? Uh, it's clearly, uh, New Japan are clearly receptive and want to expand. So could this become normal at Wrestle Kingdom? Well, you, you know, they always kind of do that. I, it, let, me, let, me, let me pause on that. They have done that in the past, right? Where they're bringing, they're carting out older guys to help put over newer guys. Um, if it does, it, if it has to be a Western, like it has to be like a WWE guy that does that. Um, they've done it in the past. I mean, look, look at Hogan, right? Look at Hogan and and you know and in his involvement in the nineties. You know, they, you could argue that Lesnar was one of those too, and Kurt Angle, and all those type of people. So it's happened in the past. It's it's not like it's it's a, a new thing with Jericho's role. I think, um, yeah. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I think they they would do that again in the future. Sure. Uh, Jazz, who is a proud owner of a Super J Cast T-shirt, says, "Random question, I guess. Which five current indie, anything non WWE stars would headline a Hall of Fame for you guys?" Um, I'm not sure what that means. Headlining a Hall of Fame? Am I am I just picking five current indie stars that I like? I guess Walter, uh, Pack, Bastard Pack. He, he's got to be picked there. Um, I don't know what else counts as indie because there's a lot of guys in other Japanese promotions that I'm big fans of. I like Shuji Ishikawa, Kento Miyahara, uh, Zeus. I've been enjoying his work recently. Um, Marafuji's great. Um, Katsuhiko Nakajima. Also excellent. Uh, there's a lot of guys on the DDT show that I thought were brilliant. Uh, Shima, T-Hawk. So, uh, yeah, I've given way more than five there of uh, people yeah, that I, I think would... Uh... <laughs> I mean, all those names that you mentioned you know, would be on my list anyway, right? Um, I mean, I'm really trying to think of the guys that, that you that you haven't named. And literally, you were just like, bip, 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 and I, you know, I'm checking the, those same names off, off of my list. So... Um... I mean, I'm, yeah, that, 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 that's that. I go with those. <laughs> you, you haven't Pen- lost Pentagon yet. as well. I forgot Pentagon. Pentagon, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Cobb. Would you put Cobb on that list? But well, Cobb's a New Japan guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think you got yourself a great list there. Uh, I am Kamach Four says. Talk about Neville's crazy abs. Holy shit! Have you seen this picture in yeah. question? Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Jesus I, Christ. Yeah. Talk about not eating a carb. Jesus Christ. Uh, no crisps for him. Nope. I mean, that's... Look. I'll never look like that. God bless him. Uh, some some people have it and some people don't. He's got it. and I'd, I'd be taking those pictures every day of the week if I had that. So, good for him. Okay, let's... Uh... This is a good one. RBX 2000. When either Ishii or Sabre becomes our ruler on January 4th, what will their policies be? Could they negotiate a favourable Brexit deal? Uh, I just hope that 
whoever it is, they perform their finishing manoeuvre on Theresa May. Uh, also asked, given the lack of consequence of the Junior Tag League and the G1 winners' poor Wrestle Kingdom record, is it time we recalibrate our expectations and see tournament wins as achievements in their own right, rather than protracted number one contender setups? I think it's got a good point there, because especially with the way that multi-man matches are starting to sneak in here for, for example, the winner of the Super Junior Tag League, that, yeah, maybe we should start looking at as, hey, Rapongi 3K won this trophy and it's good for them that they won the tournament and they go down in history as the winners of the 2018 tournament rather than they're getting this guaranteed ironclad one-on-one shot for the belts at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the 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 theory and the logic being that well, you went through all of the best tag teams to win the tournament, so of course you're the best and the most uh, credible challenger to a champion. Um, I guess that's your train of thought, but you know, it's uh, my biggest thing is is that right now it feels like when I see tournament, I think okay, hand wave it to the very end. <laughs> That's really what it is. Um, hand wave it to the final. And then even then, there's a really good shot that it doesn't mean anything anyway, uh, as we've seen. So, uh, yeah, uh, they, 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 the winner of the tournament means very little to me at this point. Okay, let's do uh, one last question. Uh, let's go with Emilio. What's the best New Japan match in each of your opinions to show a non-wrestling fan? Recently showed my brother Dragon Lee versus El Desperado from Best of the Super Juniors. Now, I asked this, Damon, because I wanted to do a little bonus show where I make my uh, poor wife watch a New Japan match and give her thoughts on the microphone. I don't know if anyone will be interested in that, but uh, a lot of people would- suggested the... I think it was the G1 match between... Ishii and Shibata, which That's was my one. very short, but very violent. I would go with that one, or I would go Nakamura Ibushi, um, or I would go Omega, Okada, pick one. Dome would be fine. Um, any one of those would be. And really, you got to kind of size up the person. Like, if the person's like a real big sport guy, he might appreciate the hard-hitting aspect of the Ishii Shibata. Um, if you know, you got to kind of gauge your audience. But if you pick from those three matches, I think those are solid choices. All right. So before I do all the plugs and stuff, Damon, any final words before we get out of here? Yeah. Um, lastly, again, our year-end awards are right around the corner, and we're putting the finishing touches on that. Um, we went through that match of the year listing, and <laughs> I mean, there are over twenty matches, or or I think twenty matches where they are are better than four and a half stars, which is amazing to me. It blew my mind. So once again, it's going to be uh, fun for match of the year, wrestler of the year, junior of the year, tag team of the year, and all that stuff. So be on the watch for that. That is coming very, 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 very soon. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it drop this week. Um, and then you'll be able to vote for the year and awards. Our, uh, I believe it's our third annual, third annual. So um, exciting times. Once we've taken all the Flip Gordon matches out of it. Well, I I couldn't believe that got four and a half. Uh, So again, fun times around the corner. So uh, that's coming soon. Buy a t-shirt. Super J-Cast. We need your support. We love your support. And we appreciate it. So ProWrestlingTees.com slash Super J-Cast. Buy yourself a t-shirt. It's the holiday season. 
and uh, you know you uh, would want one, and you would love to give one as a gift and be the your the, the best you can be this holiday season when it comes to your attire in a super Jcast t-shirt. All right, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I got a long day ahead of me. Okay, uh, just a quick update then. I did this poll, who's had a better 2018, Zack Sabre Jr. or Tomohiro Ishii. We've had 148 votes since we started recording. And at the moment, Zack is winning with 57% to Tomohiro's 43%. So there you are. Um, so just a few plugs please check out the eggshells podcasts uh, if you find post wrestling on your podcast feeds uh, you will find that my show with chris charlton and then damon's will be next week and if you liked it please give us feedback give some feedback to chris at reason jp and give some feedback to the post wrestling guys at post wrestling and, and let them know what you thought of it uh anyone who is going to be going to Wrestle Kingdom 13 in Tokyo in January and wants to meet up for our brunch. We're looking at venues for that. So if you would like to come along, please let me know. Send me a tweet. Uh, Check out the Discord. The link will be in the notes to this show and a lot of interesting chat going on there. Big thank you to Editor Dan. He's got a bit of work to do today, hasn't he? Please visit his YouTube channel, 219 Films, and hopefully I will be appearing on his vodcast next weekend. So uh, more details about that to follow uh, please subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network give us a five snake review on iTunes follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast thank you everyone for listening and goodbye <laughs> <laughs>